0: From Wichita, Kansas, it's Black Ooze Presents with Art Brute Film.
1: Hey, welcome to Black Ooze Presents from lovely Wichita, Kansas. We are Art Brute Film. I'm Wade Hampton with my lovely co-host, Ryan Johnson. Ryan A. Johnson. I'm going to just...
2: I'm going to do a hot take right off
1: the beginning of it that this film is fucking fantastic. Ooh, what are we Uh talking about today, Wade? We are talking about The House of the Devil. It was Ryan's idea. He had kind of thrown out us watching that or uh, um, uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. And for some reason, my gut was like, I don't want to watch Shaun of the Dead. Then House of the Devil, I thought, God, I haven't seen that in forever. Watched it last night on... On New Year's Day. It's like
2: a perfect day to watch it something was, so fucking just like and it, dreadful. And it takes
1: place over Christmas. We now know this. Because of right. the bells on the tower. They played. I have it written down over there. We'll get to that. Um what, what does it play? Hark the Herald Angels sing. Yeah, that's it.
0: Hark the Herald
2: Cassandra
1: caught
0: angels that. Sing.
1: Yep. Right before Eclipse Pie. Yeah, at the um, so uh, but yeah, it couldn't have been a more perfect day for it. The vibe, the cool, Christmas eerie. I don't know. Well, that's the whole point of this podcast. We'll get into it. But God bless Ty West because he fucking
2: fucking nailed it. Yeah, man, I uh, I cannot agree more. This is on paper. I mean, I shouldn't like most of this movie. Not because it's not good, but because sometimes I lean a little bit more towards uh, rad, over-the-top, like crazy special effects, like kind of bonkers stuff more than slow and dreadful. And I think this does both with, like, just
1: expert precision. So good. I knocked my table. Yes, it's, uh... Um, I have to say that... Uh, I had posted on Facebook that I was going to be watching this, so I got a lot of comments, which was fun. I think I'm going to do that more. Like, here's what we're watching now, because it's fun to hear people's comments, and quite frankly, I'm going to encourage people to tell us what they think. Does that skew
2: your viewing at all?
1: No. 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 You know me.
2: If I don't like it, I don't like it. I don't need somebody tell me how to think.
1: I don't fucking wear a mask. Don't you fucking tell me how to live my life. It's a free country last I checked. God um, damn it. No, it could skew because this is going on a really dumb tangent. I'm going to get back off of it real quick, which <laughs> is everybody who told me what hot garbage the new Wonder Woman was to a point where I was like, oh, well, I have to watch this. And yeah. then I watched it and I was like, that's all right. right? I mean, I'm not crazy about it, but it." I thought everybody made it sound like this is the worst film that literally was ever made. And, I watched all of it and it was two and a half hours long. And if you know me, I, have not I, watched bail, it. On, I bail on films constantly. <laughs> so well, almost was, immediately. Yeah. So it, it literally kept me kind of going, well, I I fucking love Kristen Wiggs. So I was I was in. But yeah. anyway, I'm gonna like what I'm gonna like. But back to what I was gonna say. So I posted that I was watching this on uh Facebook and um got a lot of uh feedback on uh, the film, and I remember somebody on there saying, oh, if you haven't already, because I know you did the same thing, Ryan, they said, go watch uh, Joe Bob Briggs' take down of it, or breakdown of it on uh, uh, Last Drive and on Shutter." All right. went, oh, that's a great idea. And I was shocked how many of my ideas or points, I was like, oh, he hit on every one of the things that I was like, this is great or this bothers me. And probably the thing that he hit on that was great Um. Was that it's it's a mumblecore film, and you know, if people aren't uh, kind of familiar with mumblecore, it was kind of early two thousand. Your heroes, Duplass brothers, had Puffy Chair, and some of those oh. films were some of the first films that were considered mumblecore. And I think uh, one of the easiest <laughs> definitions of mumblecore is people say nothing happens, which right. is not true, but it, it's a lot of talking. You know, Andy and I have talked about this at length. That you know, in a mumblecore film, people could literally sit in a car and drive and you'd see out the front window with the windshield wipers going you'd hear the entire song to the soundtrack and you mm-hmm. never take off of it and people would say well that was so boring well if you're into it, it no you're 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 world building you're building emotion you're building scene like if you had a two people in a car driving it's a couple who's clearly in love with each other and they never say a word but they're listening to a song that's emotional the fact of how they might look at each other or never say a word you can tell that they're they're in love with each other you know they're mm-hmm less is more you can be building more with less it doesn't have to be you know wham bam whoa. they have to get in out of the car and go on this big journey no maybe they just sit for a while so basically getting back to what you just said is that it is a massive massive slow burn um i want to right now because i think he'll do it i want andy to tell us why he likes mumblecore so i want andy oh. to put that in here because it would be one time we could have Andy like jump in because I really want to hear what he says. I'm sure he'll talk about farts, but hopefully. Andy, right now I'm asking you to tell me why you're so drawn to Mumblecore because I know that we're both drawn to it. I like it because it feels real and genuine and authentic and you don't see the acting. You see the characters.
2: Okay, thank you, Andy. That was very interesting insight.
1: It was Andy's yeah. smart as fuck, and oh, just because we can get this out of the way, goddamn it, Andy, will you give us the fucking popcorn song? <laughs> he, I know you have. So it You now. could keep
2: asking; it's just not going to happen. No,
1: he has it. He, we've already been over <laughs> that. He has to fucking do it. Play the whole goddamn thing. And I want to let people know that nine years ago, Andy and I had a podcast. We did 16 episodes, which was pretty bonkers, I'll admit. And we made up all these songs in the podcast on the spot. So when you hear it and hear how terrible it is, remember we literally just made it up as we are going. So after all these podcasts, here's the goddamn popcorn song. I don't think they put real butter on that popcorn because when I drop a piece of my shirt, it makes a permanent stain that my washing machine says not again. Best popcorn song. That was not worth the wait. That was not worth the wait. Anyway, back to the house <laughs> of the devil and mumblecore. Uh, so, I are you a fan of mumblecore? Love it. Stuff. You know, I think he nailed it in this film because Joe Bob even talks about it. He said, you know, fans go, you're oh, so boring, nothing's happening. He's like, everything's happening. Everything's mm-hmm. happening in her head. And it, I think we should, every once in a while, talk about the few little films we made. One of the things I wanted to try to do We have a small film called Kill Estate, which we mention every once in a while. That was kind of the point of Kill Estate was kind of mumblecore. It was was like the film is called Kill Estate and then comes in. And the first thing she says to her is it's kind of a murder house. So, you know, something's going to happen. So the whole point of that film was I wanted to see how long we could just have people just walking through the house, (laughs) enjoying the house. Yes, it's a dream house. Oh, my God. it's So cheap because, you knew at some point something had to happen to her. And to me, the whole point of that film was it happened so quickly at the end. You're just like, when's she? Oh, and then she says, well, let's go to the basement. And I'm hoping people go, oh, fuck. Nothing good ever happens in the mm-hmm. basement. And then as you see the basement, it seems pretty normal. And then she finally says, what's in this door? And she goes, oh, you can never go inside that door. To me, the reason I wrote it that way is I go, well, of course, I fucking want to see what's behind that door. And to right. me, the entire film was, where's grandma? Who's grandma? Where is she in this house? And when are we going to fucking see grandma? It's called House of the Fucking Devil.
2: Right, yeah. So you know from the very get-go, the house is, is not to be trusted. It yeah, is it's not called.
1: It's not called, down on your luck. You know, and then people go, <laughs> oh, well, she's down on her luck. I didn't know it was going to turn into a fucking satanic cult film. It starts with a crawl that literally says satanic cults were big in 1979 to 1984 and 70% of Americans believed in cold activity. Boom. House of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes to a house somewhere. There's a devil. So to me, that is so exciting. And if it had been jump scares and mm-hmm. mysterious blood, she'd find somewhere that would have been too. And I think he was brilliant to keep just have you going when are we go see the devil.
2: I think it's crazy what they were able to pull off. I mean, with the amount of money that supposedly the budget for the film, which I get I from the one place that I saw was like $900,000. So which we'll just say it's Jared under Bob a million. Says. Yeah. And uh, which is incredible.
1: And can I interrupt you and say 28? Can we can I interrupt you and say that's where you and I differ? Someone says I. we had $900,000. I go, oh, my. Nine hundred thousand dollars, and I know with a film like that's like that's all you did with nine hundred thousand. <laughs> if they did it with ninety, yeah, I'd probably be a little more or nine thousand, but
0: nine hundred thousand.
1: Nine
2: hundred thousand. They had to pay for the fix song, and they had to pay for <laughs> well, all the eighties hits. And the fix uh, no, is
1: still on tour. They probably sold that to them. they curious.
2: had to get uh, D. Wallace for one afternoon. That's true. Um, no. I, I don't know. And Mary War Warrenov, yeah. If you gave us nine hundred thousand dollars, yeah, that would probably be way too much money, and yeah, we would we would shoot for the absolute moon with it. But I'd be willing to bet that it'll go a hell of a lot faster than you think, <laughs> or than I would hmm. think. And no, that's a good. And point. That's kind of no, why. I, I, that's a good
1: point. That's a good point.
2: A million seems like such an insane number, but then you look at what people pay to make or people, you know, spend to make a movie, especially right. these days. I mean, Jesus, I can only imagine what the budget was on Wonder Woman eighty four.
1: Oh, oh having to sure,
2: dump sure, that. Sure. You know? sure, sure, sure.
1: So I think it's because you break this film down, other than, you know, uh, you know, a dorm room and a cafe, you know. And her dream apartment, it was this this house. Mm-hmm. So that's where nine hundred thousand yeah. seems like oh, true. Wow. That you know you could you could do a lot with that. Anyway, I interrupted you. But he oh, was no, twenty eight no. years old, which is brilliant that he had that kind of uh, brain for that. Because I think at twenty eight, a lot of dudes would be like, "Fuck yeah!" There is going to be so much gore and so many devils and so many.
2: That's what was so crazy about it is is you kind of get. They, they give you that one moment in the cemetery that shocks you right. so much, and then they go back to the house, and then they just let you s- stew in that for a while. And you just, you're just you so on edge that when it does pop off, like you know that they're willing to go there, but you don't quite expect it to go as crazy as it does. And this is a bloody movie.
1: I think that you're exactly right, and there's two big things. I mean obviously these everybody knows if they're listening to these these are spoiler central. Oh, all um, all spoilers all day. Yeah. Yeah. All killer, <laughs> all killer, all killer. <laughs> all killer. Um, <laughs> all killer not all killer. A L L. All I- I'll killer. All killer or an all killer. An <laughs> killer. all killer. Get Paul. Hey all killer. Um what is that? It sounds from? like you said hell ocular. hell ocular. Hey, I'll kill him. I'm suddenly thinking of uh, Michael Corleone. Is that Michael? Yeah, uh, oh, Al Pacino when he's like, "I'll kill him." Anyway, it's the big scene in the first Godfather. Oh, movie. I was thinking out of, of, out of the uh, restaurant. Texas and he says, <laughs> He says, "I'll kill him." Okay, um, no. Here's the thing, and I, I mean, where I guess we're getting in. We don't have to go scene by scene, I guess. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I, I feel like what this is what's so amazing about this film is. See, again, every thought I every thought I wrote down, it's like Joe Bob Briggs talks about it. And I was like, God damn it. It's, I feel like people are going to think I didn't have an original thought. But he does do the uh, famous Alfred Hitchcock thing, which is Alfred Hitchcock talks about, you know, jump scare versus suspense. And you know this, but if you put two people having a conversation and a bomb goes off underneath the table, it scares everybody that's watching it. You know, that's your jump scare. But suspense is when they start the conversation, the camera... Uh, tilts down or cranes down. I never know what it is. <laughs> Tilt, what is it when it goes up and down? What is that? Um, there's a, I always say, I'm going to say. It's it. a pan. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Pans <laughs> down. Where the fuck? Jibs, <laughs> small jib. We know it's at least a there small jib. Jibs down and you see that there's a bomb under the table and then it comes back up and you let them talk for five minutes. That's suspense because people go, when the fuck's that bomb going to go off? And right. Let, so, Ty West obviously did that. With two things, obviously, uh, with uh, Megan Greta Gerwig getting shot, which I forgot about, startles the fuck out of you in the oh cemetery by the douchebag, <laughs> and the other one, obviously, is when they just happen to show behind the door the three people that lived in the house, straight up murdered. I mean, straight up murdered, nasty, just laying there. And she kind of the camera just quietly comes back, and she's like, oh, "I'm still gonna see what's just, what's what's in this house," and you're like. <laughs> What the fuck? And that's brilliant. Because still at this point, nothing's really happened to her. But you see that this is the house of the devil.
2: So are there other mumble gore films that you can think
1: of? I love that term. I'm glad uh, I I would have to look. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I was trying to think of some more and I know they're out there, but uh, I I think it's a cool approach and I think that Ty West and I mean the, the the real hero I think of this whole thing out uh, you know other than Ty West is um, Elliot Rocket, who's the cinematographer, oh the director of photography my on God, this. God,
1: I wrote that down. First of all, that name. First Come of up. all, awesome fucking name. <laughs> if somebody said, "I think I have your cinematographer," <clears throat> his name's uh, Elliot Rocket. I'd be like, "I don't." Yeah, he. Where you see is that. real. No. Okay, eleven mumble gore, gore
2: movies you need to see. You're Ew. next. Oh, I love that movie. Have you seen that? Do you remember that one? Like I've never 20, seen it. Thirteen. Oh man, do that. We'll super do fun. Hey, and uh, it's got AJ Bowen in it too, because he's in like everything. He's well, the, the, we're, the gonna a- we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna
1: talk about AJ Bowen in a second. Oh, I know we will. <laughs> okay, VHS. Okay. Well, Ty that's had a, parts of had it. Segment okay. This that. is House of the Devil. A horrible way to die. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Pop skull. Don't know what that is oh yeah Martha Marcy may Marlene yeah that's terrifying oh film. I never saw it yeah you need to see that it's good yeah I wanna I'm gonna shut up <laughs> she's, she's nudging in a lot and that's you know that's that's fine oh she's okay nuding. yeah and she looks is. good so that's, that's fine right. I'm just uh, saying right. I'm just saying it's fine
2: anyway it's, it's fine cheap
1: thrills I don't know what that is that Bogus. was that one
2: I was talking about uh with uh David Keckner and um I figured out that actor's name. His name's Pat Healy, and he's
1: incredible. Oh, good.
2: And, uh, and Ethan Embry are all in it. Oh, and it's, oh my god! Uh, Sorry, it's awesome.
1: No, go ahead. What's, I just what, realized what the next one, which I love, The Signal, where it has oh, I love three different the signal. directors. We should do. We have to talk about The Signal.
2: Here, the Signal is so cool. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, but we I love do it. That.
1: Twenty-four exposures. I don't know what that is. And the Sacrament. And I think we're almost done. The last uh, one says.
2: Did you ever see the Sacrament? That was uh-uh. a, another Ty West movie, It was one of his more recent ones. It was kind of like about um Jones, Jim Jones style cult. Yeah, Jamestown. Jonestown. I can't remember what it's called, but uh but yeah, it's is uh, is really good. I wanna say it's John Goodman in the in the role, but I don't believe it is. I just think it's a guy that reminds me a lot of him. I think uh, it'd be fun uh, if we just
1: stick with that. Yeah, John is great plays
2: the cult leader and it's like a vice.
1: Uh reporter oh, sure, crew goes sure.
2: down there. Oh man, it's it's kind of hard to watch.
1: I think that um I probably pointed out this before, but if this ever like got bigger, you know, real horror fans got on here, they're all snotty, because we know how snotty and elitist film snobs are. And horror, horror fans horror are probably
2: snobs, no.
1: Oh, sure, there's some. Some aren't. I think most of them, like you and I, we're like, I don't give a shit, there's a lot of blood in. It. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a titty. Four stars. <laughs> 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 Which is to me how horror should be but let's face it there's some elitist. I would like to definitively say I don't know a lot about much of anything. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm constantly people like how does he not reference uh, Mary Wuranov's spin in Andy Warhol's factory films? Oh, so well, they a, can send terrible. me an
2: email at Screw.
1: We need to here's a email.com. serious thing. We need to set up who's presents at Gmail. Just okay, I can do that. It's free. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and then yeah, we can start getting it. people to. You can send us hate us. mail
2: and uh, and our stuff. Corrections, requests. We can read them. Oh, yeah, sure. uh, some listener mail. We could do some mailbag episodes. I would love to
1: hear what people have to say and lay into it. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. <laughs>
2: gives me feedback. Um, he should just be our manager at this point.
1: <laughs> mm. I know Dustin well enough. He's like I don't fuck I want to do that. I know. Um, no,
2: I'm for free.
1: <laughs> do what? <laughs> for free. You know, we'll just Yeah, of course. Just put it on Just throw it on your uh, plate. Anyway, back yeah. to the uh film. Um yeah. AJ Bowen. We're talking about the uh the shooter, right? Uh DJ? yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah, care Yeah, he's him. in like everything. Oh, didn't yeah. No, him. you're not supposed to. No, I mean, I didn't I'm I thought kidding. he was mis- <laughs> miscast. Miscast. Oh. I think See, the he, only miscast in this okay. whole thing was him. Because, oh, really? What's yeah. That? Here's my hot take. Hot Ooh, let's take. Let's hear it. First of all, no disrespect to A.J. Bowen. I liked him. I liked everything he delivered. I liked everything mm-hmm. he said. But it came off a little... Now, this is... Okay, this is what happens with films. So, this is going to sound like a film snob thing, but it's not. It's like when a film is so perfect, it's kind of like... Uh, um, at the end where she somehow magically just kicks off her ropes you go how did you have everything right. perfect in this film and you made this one glaring you know mistake where she just goes wee and just kicks off all her it's kind of like in the outtakes of uh, no one gets out alive when we'd say cut and then your lovely wife just kicked off her ropes because she was just <laughs> holding them you know but it's yeah. not in the thing but th- that bothered me but i thought he came off as Because, you know, first of all, you have this cult, which has a cult leader that is clearly a devilish creature of some sort. And you have uh, Tom Noonan and the other. They're all very twisted people. I kind of get, if you're in the writer's room, I guess it's Ty West's room by himself. But you're saying, (laughs) well, I want every guy, you know, everyday Joe to be a part of this. I think what I wanted so bad for him is a guy that just looked scragglier, you know, kind of a hipster beard, kind of a homeless guy, someone Mm -hmm. who's very sweet, you know, someone like a young Steve Buscemi that'd just be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bother you. I just saw you trying to light that cigarette. Didn't mean to scare you. And they, oh, I'm so sorry. And Then, bam. But he kind of came off as like, hey, starring Jack Black. It just came off a little (laughs) like frat, like suddenly it was a frat film and the guy came in. I don't know. I just... Then at the end, he seemed like a kind of a goofball. I don't know. He just he was the only thing that kind of bothered me. But I knew that he was – Ty West uses him and all that stuff. Yeah. um, Yeah,
2: he's in a lot of stuff these days, a whole lot of stuff. And uh, I can't tell if he's cool or not. I think I remember talking to you about an interview someone had with him for – I can't remember what film – And uh, I think you had hit me back and said, like, yeah, I quit listening to it because that dude seems like such a fucking douchebag. And he does kind of come off that way. He has this air about him, which is why he plays great A.J. Bowen. Oh, 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 okay, Right. right, Which is why he plays great douchebags Douchebags. and just kind of like angry looking like. uh, Well, I mean, kind of like the signal, like like an abusive boyfriend or something, you know. Um, So. I think he kind of worked in that role, but I do agree. It would it would have been cool to see someone maybe a bit more like a younger Tom Noonan, someone like you said, you're, you're right. kind of tall and gangly and stuff. But he he has an air I, about I him I, that what it I wasn't think like,
1: Ryan Ryan I'm A Johnson would have killed it.
2: I mean, yeah, probably. I'll kill her. Anyway. I'll kill her. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a gun in Greta Gerwig's face. Um, blow her head off jesus. jesus christ that was shocking uh but uh yeah no he he doesn't when he comes up to the cart it doesn't seem for a second like he's nice and you probably would want maybe just a little bit more of that bait where it's
1: like well he oh, delivered he made, it whoa. good when he just said oh you're not the babysitter and she goes no Bam! i was like whoa i mean yeah. it was just he was a terrible person which he was supposed to be and he nailed it i just again it's it's a nitpick at best, but There's so many actors, I think I just would have been like, oh, God, if they'd gotten somebody just a little more, just kind of kind of crawl out of the ground, but played it real endearing. So you're like, oh, he's just a guy who's out. That's the bam. But he instantly kind of makes you uncomfortable. So when it happens, I mean, it still scares you, but I don't know. I'll shut up because I don't want to keep going in circles going. I just think they could have found somebody better. Let's start at the beginning of the movie because I want to talk about two things. Yes. One, our boy Rockets Cinematography. I assume uh, this thing had to be shot on film because the 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 grain on this thing gave me a film chubby. I was just like,
2: I wanna at first all I wondered it. if my my settings were off on my TV because it had like a grain to it that was nice, but there was almost like a white, like a flicker of noise.
1: Oh throughout yeah, the film. They might have they probably put it in there.
2: That was just like a
1: little jarring <laughs> <laughs> I could I in detect everything about this the title card of course everything I mean oh, it's just yeah I, a lot of people are doing that we did it on kill estate I mean I don't think I did it very well but um I I'm such a – I would love nothing more than to do a feature film and add all the filters. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Super 16, Super 8 grain, uh, all this stuff, flicker on this. Th- I was like, dude, I just – I love it. Because one thing I think it makes a film more forgiving are – we have any video issues? Oh, no. I was just I, – am I fine? Do I well, seem yours fine? has changed sure. a little. You seem like you're a little more painterly than you were before. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> it because seems like I tried to use as long as the audio is fine, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm we're good. Just, we're, and we're back. So I'm a big fan. I talked to Ryan about this, but another film that we made, I'm not saying it's any good. I'm just using this for uh, this conversation. Andy and I, right before the pandemic, made a film called The Abstract Killer. And we shot it literally with a Super 8 app on my iPhone. And i we went out with a couple of lights. And Andy and I's uh, um, um, l- our kind of uh, lesson for ourselves our plan was, Whatever we get, cut something together. Just whatever we get. So if it's garbage, fuck it. We're still going to cut it together because we shot something. And to me, there's some really cool looking stuff in there because it is so pointed the camera and you just got what you got. And Mm -hmm. that's something... I mean, that's the definition of art brute. If you go and look up the definition of art brute, that's kind of what it is. It's just art from the gut, raw art. It is what it is. It's unschooled, uneducated approach to making art. So I'm always a big fan. It's a beautifully shot film. I'm, I'm not at all saying that this even pertains to it other than I like if you were to shoot something with an actual Super 8 camera, and they said, "Well, this is garbage," it's like, "Yeah, but if you put the right sound effects and the right music, this is so visceral and raw." I'm a big fan of people just visually kind of leaning into a little bit of the chaos, but it's a beautifully shot film. And I know what point I'm getting at because just you and I talked about. There's another film on Shutter right now called Body, and it's about three. It doesn't matter, but it's three kind of coeds that go to a house and something happens, but it's really, really well done. It's only 75 minutes. I would encourage people to watch it, but it's shot really, really clean, almost. And it's way over lit. Like all the indoor scenes are just, it's like, dude, you should pull about half those lights. And it kind of almost takes you out of the film because it's so, mm-hmm. it's not even pretty. It's just so clean. It's kind of, and you look at this film and it's so for me, it's so well shot that even if you didn't like the film, you kinda want to watch the whole thing. <laughs> Cause
2: it's like <laughs> staring at
1: a painting. You know, you go, oh, yeah. Well, at least I'm enjoying this visually. Oh my God.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I described when uh when we had originally talked about doing this that the film felt fuzzy it just has this kind of quality to it that's so beautiful i did look on here and it's i am it's imdb trivia so you know it's the gospel uh but it does say that it was shot on 16 millimeter
1: okay good i figured i'm glad to hear that yeah and and, some of these camera movements crazy not only that there that explains a little bit more your budget i can't imagine shooting a feature film on super, super 16 or 16 i'm sure that gets quite pricey quite quickly
2: 18 days. 18 days. I would say if you you had,
1: if you were handed, if we were handed $900,000 and you had someone who could do it, I could see where you'd say, we're going to shoot this on 16 and transfer it, you know, just to get that look. Because holy crap, does it look good.
2: Yeah, it never quite looks the same when you try to uh, emulate it after the fact. It's just got to be on the tape you know
1: there's a film and it's short it's considered a feature i think it's like 38 minutes or 40 lake nowhere it's one of my favorites oh yeah and i'd be curious i think i'd be shocked if they didn't shoot that on digital and fuck with it in post but it has that same kind of throwback feel and boy howdy that film and this film that really hits me in the artistic gut i just go that's what you want that's the look you want yeah, she
2: goes walking across across that street in front of that church, and you just get that boom, the big yellow title card, like House of the Devil.
1: Well he copyright
2: even, thing. And it's well, the funny frame. thing is
1: he even said, he goes, I purposely always knew I was going to put House of the Devil next to her when she was her happiest. It's like, Yay, got my dream apartment. House <laughs> of the Devil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it is pretty I didn't even think about it, but he said, Yeah, I knew I wanted her to be like nothing could go wrong. House of the Devil. That's so,
2: incredible.
1: <laughs> a, she gets to the, her little room and there's a sock on the door, which is funny considering it's in the morning. And she even knocks on the door and says, It's the morning. Like, get off each other, you douchebags. And she has the best roommate because she's just, uh,
2: this is a punker. Yeah, she just doesn't care about
1: anything. She just wants
2: to get it on. Get it on. I love how the pan, they, they use it a few times, but it's like they put the camera on the ground and you see her like from her waist down or maybe like her knees down when she walks through the front door of the dorm room and it pans over or like just turns and follows her. As she walks across the room to her side of the room, and it's just like chaos. And then it's like there's an invisi- uh, invisible line in the middle where it's like her side of the room is tidy, and this side of the room you can't even see the I floor. Didn't even think it's about just that. clothes everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great kind of juxtaposition of the two of
1: them. I had an art studio in my late twenties. Yeah, I think that's when I would have been up above uh, downtown on a second floor in Douglas. And he'll never listen to this, but friend of mine, Mark Bosworth, we (laughs) we had a studio together. And I was in a feather stage where I was putting feathers in my paintings. Okay, And he has always been meticulously clean. And I think I'm not so sure we didn't have a piece of tape down the center, you know, just kind of to say, okay, this is your side, your side. My side was chaos oh, and yeah. he was so pissed because my feathers kept blowing over <laughs> to his side <laughs> he was always like he's fucking feathers and i was you know mine was just it was it was the pan where his would have been like bloop 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 and as it went to mine and <clears throat> feathers flying everywhere <laughs> anyway how's the devil so anyway i know that feeling too well i'm not that way anymore I, I say that my studio is a chaos but it's a studio and it's my studio yeah it's your space can be whatever Sam, the fuck you want. God damn it. Let's just fucking give a shout out to jo- Jocelyn Donahue. Yes. She fucking kills it in this film. Kills it. She's so because, good. I saw she now, was in Doctor Sleep. No. Well, and I, I couldn't remember her. I can't remember. Probably. Unfortunately, you know, probably not a lot of, not a big role. So maybe not as memorable. I she kind of has one of those faces that I think she could get lost in. Movies And I mean that in a good mm. way, because she has very much Girl Next Door. So she could probably be very vampy or just kind of, hey, I'm just a girl next door. <laughs> where the the genius auteur, Greta Gerwig, one of her first films before she was really Greta Gerwig. I mean, I don't think anybody knew who the fuck she was at this point. Maybe they did. but Yeah, I think
0: she was doing uh, a lot. Oscar like- nominee
1: Greta Gerwig. Let's give her a shout out for Ladybird, which is a fucking masterpiece, by the way. But anyway. Oh, Ladybird's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It last week. It's it is perfect. And she deserves all the credit. So anyway. I never saw Little Women, but I uh I haven't either I want uh, to I trust Greta Gerwig. And I she's great her. in this. She's perfect in this because here's another hot take. Because hear me out before you gasp at what I say. Um, I used to think, is she a very good actress early on? But then I started to realize, no, she is she's a really good actress. I think she plays, I gotta tread lightly here. She's kind of good at playing dumb. You know, see, this character is not exactly a rocket scientist that she's playing. But I realized, I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, if you see an interview with Greta Gerwig, I mean she's the smartest person in the room. But I realized, no, she's a really good actress because the more I yeah. kind of got into her, I was really like, oh, I just misread her. But she kind of plays. Just hey, hey, I'm just delivering my stupid lines. And then you start to realize, no, she's good at this. She's really good at this. And her character in this is crazy endearing. I want to say something. Where is it? Right here. My one of my favorite lines in cinematic history is in this film, because I think this line says so much about building a character through good dialogue. She says, because she's saying to um Sam when she drops her off at the house, do you want me to come in and stay with you? Because, you know, I think she's supposed to go be with her boyfriend. And she says, I don't have to see Mark tonight. I mean, he hates me anyway. And I went, oh, my God, that says so much about her character in that one line. And she says it so, that's right before, I think she looks and goes, hey, Volvo. You know, see if the other Volvo. But I realized I was like, good job, Ty West, because that line just defines her on so many levels just kind of like well I'm gonna go be with my boyfriend I mean he hates my guts but anyway I'm like ah it was just like heartbreaking the way she's just such a throwaway like well he hates me anyway it's like well then don't be with
2: him yeah that's the kind of shit that you read in the script as like an actor and you just go okay okay Mm -hmm. you know like this is like the little bits that can help define that, that character in her world and, yeah, she's great. Uh, Cassandra asked, um, she was like, does she sound weird? Is she talking weird? And she kind of does. And I don't know if it's kind of like a stoner girl or like kind of almost a right uh, valley girl. Yeah.
1: That's kind of her thing. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of her thing.
2: Um, but then it had me wondering, I was like, oh, wait, is did she get uh, – uh, drugged up pizza as well and is that why she's talking that way because she I got a, drugged up pizza? I mean she does say right. it tastes like shit but I can't imagine they drugged her that early. Right and that's what I was wondering is okay so and we could talk about this later or whatever but they go to the pizza place and she mentions the pizza pizza tastes nasty today. Is it the same place that she orders it from? It has to be because later on um, I want to call her Jocelyn Sam tries the pizza that he keeps saying Here's the pizza. Here's a number for the pizza. Here's a number for the pizza and that's to allow AJ Bowen right. to get there, I guess. And um
1: I'm assuming to
2: drug her and Prepper. She says it tastes nasty too. And that's what ends up she ends up uh, right. like falling down right. in the hallway Parks because she right. gets drugged. Because she, she, she ate she one shits, bite right. of that pizza. Is a stupid theory that didn't make any sense, but it made me laugh because I was like is she well, that here, good? I'll take at it one a step
1: farther. My thought was and I, he says, you know, you're a college kid. You guys love pizza? Which yeah, is true. it's a great line. But the one thing that kind of cracked me up about her, something because they define that she's kind of a germaphobe and all that stuff, which is why I thought it was great that he had the touch that she's putting the toilet paper down like on the toilet when she sits down. But one of the things that hit me was I was like, yeah, I guess you would at that age because part of me is like, well, she just had pizza. Was that a different day or is it the same? It's the same day. So it's like you would think she'd be like, no, I don't fucking want pizza. I just had bad pizza like five hours ago. It's literally more the last thing pizza. in the world I want. But then I, it was free pizza. And even at 53, oh, I'll take fuck. your free pizza.
2: Free pizza. I pined over that greasy pepperoni pizza. Oh, God, I'm, I I'm a vegan and I'm just <sighs> seeing that that uh seeing her pick apart that pizza. I was just like,
1: oh, pepperoni pizza. We're gonna do something very exciting on the podcast right now. I'm gonna run down and microwave my coffee. So it's okay. warm. And then Ryan's gonna stretch for Over 44 seconds. Go, Ryan. Oh, cool. I'm I'm heating up my coffee. I'll be right back. I can't (laughs) wait to hear later what Ryan came up
2: with. (laughs) Well, since we're on the topic of pizza, uh, let's talk about... uh, um, (laughs) God damn it. Thanks a lot, Wade. Just leaving me hanging here in the wind. Uh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil is a cinematic masterpiece from the mind of Ty West. It features uh, Greta Gerwig before her rise to uh, superstardom and directorial fame and Oscar nominee. Uh, um, it's a, It's also a very shocking movie. You think nothing happens, but everything happens. There is a lot of blood, and there is some devil stuff too. You should really watch it. I would highly recommend House of the Devil. It's a little over 10 years now and it's still perfect. Uh, On the topic of pizza, um, I'd gladly take a vegan pepperoni pizza from any of our listeners out there. You can just uh, email me at blackoosepresents at gmail.com and uh, I'll let you know where you can send it because I love pizza and I miss it. And here comes Wade. He's, uh, I, I can hear him coming up the stairs. I
1: heated it up. Can't wait it to was, hear what you
2: said. It was not thrilling. I can't wait to hear it later. Did, uh, he,
1: did he? I'm not going to say. I was going to no, say uh, <laughs> I, don't know what I was going to say. You'll,
2: you'll say, did you just recap everything we've talked about for the last 40 minutes and then profess your love for pizza? Who knows? Um, so, i was going to talk about Sam. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sam. Can I just talk about the name Sam for a girl? I just love, I love when Samantha is shortened
1: for Sam. I love it. I think, uh, if, you know, What? <clears throat> wouldn't it be great if you had a daughter and named her just Sam? That's, yeah. that's it. They go, oh, it's short. No, just Sam. Is it
2: short for Salmander?
1: I have a brother no? named Tony. No, I have a brother named Tony. And my mom said that. She gave birth, you know, what's his name? Tony. They brought the birth certificate and mom looked at it and said, this is wrong. The nurse said, uh, no, you said, Sam, this is Anthony. Anthony Hampton. <laughs> she goes, yeah, Tony's short, for, uh, Tony's short for Anthony. And mom said, that's great, but I named him Tony. Please change this. <laughs> so named Tony, it is not Anthony. Okay. Okay. Duly noted. Speaking of that. Our lovely uh, ghost in the machine is Andy Matlock, which is not short for Andrew. His birth oh, I did not is, know that his birth name is Andy Fucking Matlock, and he's Andy, the best. Do you, Andy, do you want to address that right now? He does not. Yes, he does. You know, this is a really interesting question. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'd like to talk about this for a minute. Uh, let me go
2: back in time, about 45 years to when I was Thank e- you,
1: Andy, for that insight. <laughs> um,
2: I'm, Andy, sure it was I I'm sure it was a fart I, f- noise. I feel like I don't ever um, say it enough, but Andy Matlock does our amazing theme and does our sound engineering for these podcasts, and he's incredibly talented and a great friend of ours, and we'll have him on soon.
1: Yeah, we're still trying to figure out exactly what, oh, he said something. I'll say this on the podcast. We're using Zoom, and if you do more than two people, you can only do 40 minutes at a time. Correct. I said to Andy, I said, since you're doing audio, I said, could we just like record three times in a row? He goes, yeah. He goes, I don't care. I'll slap it in a timeline. So that might be how we have to do it. Record what? (laughs)
0: That
1: was was a very awkward pause. He was talking about, you know, you record for 40 minutes and when it stops, you re record for another 40. Oh. And sometimes
2: Zoom will just be like, hey, we'll extend your time. They've done that a lot this year. Well, he's just saying, he goes,
1: he's the one doing the audio. He goes, I don't have a problem just slapping in timeline and piecing them together. So that's a, Uh, we'll
2: just, we'll just have to, yeah, we'll just. We'll just get down on a pro account. Anyways, um, back to
1: the movie. God damn it. We're so so sorry.
2: So uh, I really love the world that they built here. And one thing that I did make note of when she uh, leaves the sock on the door and leaves the door room, it was uh, that that camera angle where they – follow her down the steps and then he gets in close to her and they follow her along and then they land on that babysitter's needed poster. And then she comes back into the frame and then she takes the thing and it doesn't follow her. She just like leaves the frame. It's just like so beautiful, but she's walking around with her Walkman on and she's headed to the payphone, and like everything feels just like stuff from a bygone era. And right. I want those headphones. I want them bad.
1: It's funny you say that. Cause I kind of really thought the cute. same thing. Like, I mean, this is 83 when it's supposed to be taking place, by the way. And in 83, oh, I would have been 14, 15. Oh. So, you know, this is this is this is prime stomping ground for me. And I found other than the house of the devil, I thought I want to live there again. You know, <laughs> like our new little apartment and going to the pizza shop and having on her Walkman with her little orange foam and i was you know i want to using listen to the landline, line and quite frankly i want to be that age because my body would feel perfect all the time and i could abuse it and you just get up and it, do it over and over again okay. but yeah and i get to listen to the fix one thing leads to another and dance around but yeah <laughs> they the they nail it you know wonder woman 84 by the way takes place in the 80s because it's called 84 mm-hmm. guess what's not in the film no 80s music well, that seems like a missed opportunity. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some soundtrack <laughs> stuff that's obviously supposed to be 80s ish, but it was like, why wow. are you not cutting to some big 80s hits? I had a couple places where it was like, why wouldn't you throw in Blue. smooth, not smooth criminal,
2: Blue uh, Monday or something? Yeah, like, exactly. It's easy. Just, I bet oh. they did in the trailer, though. I bet it was some weird remake of some 80s song. You know how they do that nowadays, yeah. where oh, it's like, right, right, right where it's like uh it's some uh very noticeable song like blue monday but it's sang like
1: this oh god that's and then boom boom, 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 what is it what? uh dragon tattoo the- dragon tattoo with old atticus ross oh, yeah. uh yes yeah and uh what's his name my name's Neil. Trent Reznor they, did, uh, Reznor, they did uh, Led Zeppelin's Home. Trent Reznor. someday I <laughs> tell my story off podcast of why he kind of annoys me. I know it. did hmm. told me. Okay, well, then I don't have to tell him. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs>
2: okay. um, which I hate. So... I,
1: his, mu- his soundtrack stuff so amazing right now. I, I will
2: I have always and will always be a Trent Reznor apologist. And when you're trying to spin your tails, Trent Reznor is like is a He's probably veritable a nice go, guy, a veritable god I'd like
1: to, to I'd like to bump into him so I could tell him my story. And maybe he probably hopefully he'd go, I'm sorry, that was young me and I was a fucking douchebag. I said, thank you. Pretty Apology hate machine
2: accepted. is Pretty Hate Machine is one of my favorite albums of all time. Probably top five.
1: I was in the eighties, so early nineties. It had to be early nineties, I think. My dear friend Noel Friedlein do i do all these stupid music things with he used to send me music this is back you know there was no spotify and he would say he turned me on to a little band called flaming lips because he heard an album called cloud taste metallic i believe was that album said oh my god i went into the music store heard this and i said wait has to get it immediately so he sent it to me and i was like who the fuck are these they're great when they are he calls me once and goes oh my god i was at a party and somebody turned me on to something that will blow your fucking mind it's everything you ever wanted. and i love it too it's metal heavy metal done by computers it's a band called ministry and i was like what send it to me immediately and i think it's i don't think it's it's the one before it's like land of rape and honey i think is the album and uh he sent it to me and it did. It blew my mind. I was like, I think it was the one before the album that had just one fix, but anyway, so yeah. uh, And I think they're pre nine inch nails is why I said that was the first time I had heard somebody really kind of use computers and keyboards and stuff and just fucking (laughs) Andy, can you put some ministry in here? No,
2: I don't think we have the rights to that. Yeah,
1: Probably not. (laughs) Andy, can you come up with a song that sounds like ministry? (laughs) Thank you. That's, that's all we needed. Oh, that's Andy. very thoughtful. Uh, I just want to keep giving Andy stuff to do to see if he actually does it or not. Or it's just a whole podcast to him going, fuck you.
2: I always get nervous when I have to send the the list of things. Like
1: uh, I always tell codes. him, we've threw out stuff, and if you want to ignore it all, and he always says, he likes doing it. I mean, he's totally so he can ignore it. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? We, oh, yeah, uh, the fact there was no 80s music in fucking uh Wonder Woman but we get the fix one thing leads to another there's another
2: in this. there's another good one when Greta Gerwig shows up oh that's She's right, I can't remember in the car and I can't remember what it is it's either so good, and I, can't I probably didn't what write it, it down. Is either. maybe when we get there i'll notice it in my notes but um, so uh i guess we'll get a little caught up real quick the uh so she talks to Tom Noonan or she gets a message from her punker roommate i guess we'll just bump, bump up to that Part. i didn't remember uh, her
1: being punker but i'm not disputing that I just well
2: i keep calling punker. her punker because like the posters on the wall and the clothes everywhere she just okay, seems sure. kind of like 80s kind of punk kind of like I get fuck it, good, whatever good. she should Let's, be that's awesome yeah that's no, great um uh, and so uh yeah so she runs she gets a message that someone called and so she runs to am i at the wrong spot am i at the right spot eh, close oh, yeah enough. tom noonan uh talks her on the phone you know, kind of explains the situation a little bit about the babysitting, but not really. Uh, he's desperate, and he's he's got a great voice, man. He's he's nice and he's like gentle but creepy at the same I time. I want to fast
1: forward because this is important right now. I know this yeah. is dumb that I'm asking because it it's like, yeah, way that's in the plot. They literally are trying to find a quote unquote babysitter because they just need a young woman to carry the dev- devil baby. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I, uh, I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm just throwing this out there. I've never thought about it till literally this second. But right. they could have uh, just abducted a woman, but they thought it would be nicer to pl- just put them all over campus and they could <laughs> just get some money. Yeah, because there are not a lot of signs. Choosy. Huh?
2: Yeah, because there are a lot of signs. Because we'll sign she steals them all
1: later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fucking awesome. <laughs> another reason why we love Megan. Uh, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have a niece named Megan that I adore. So I'm, I'm fond of Megan. Okay. Um, Dr. Megan Hampton, if you're listening to this, by the way. Hey, shout out there's, to Dr. Megan Hampton. There's no way she's listening to this. If she is, I would be like <laughs> shocked. But we, I love you. Okay. Um, I think that I was curious because one of the things they do that's so good in this, and then we can get back to what you're saying, is the best films – Always, I'm always going to use Jaws just because we started <laughs> it was early. It's almost <laughs> yeah. everything happens in it. You go, oh that makes sense. Oh okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah. You don't go. Well, why didn't you just do this? You know, it's like in Jaws, everything he tries to do. You know, Quint comes up and like yeah fuck that <laughs> breaks this. You know, it's like oh okay well they're fucked. Oh why don't they do this? Oh well the boat's fucked. You know, it's like everything, everything they think's going to get them out of it gets fucked. So when it came to that, I was like, boy, they're really obsessed with getting her in this house. And by the way, there's pizza. Did I mention pizza? (laughs) Make sure you get a pizza, 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 pizza. pizza. Instead of a guy just walking in and who can literally just walk up to a house and shoot somebody. Why he couldn't just walk in and say, oh, hi, I'm just, oh, here and smell this rag I have in my hand, you know? Yeah. You kind of go, they have this elaborate plan that has to all work out Also, they can just drug a woman.
2: That is true. That is a little strange. And they had someone. I know he said that. Let he me interrupt had someone and say they literally out, just
1: they literally just crashed a house and killed an entire family. But they're going to eloquently deliver a pizza to drug an innocent babysitter. It's like why wouldn't you just go grab a chick? Yeah, you're this course. awful. Why don't you just grab somebody?
2: Yeah, send AJ Bowen. He'll throw her in the car yeah, and like drug her. You and go. Then she you're wakes good.
1: up, she's tied to the pentagram. I realize they're like, it's yeah, not that, that hard. That, <laughs> they're like, uh. <laughs> Because that takes up eighty percent of our movie. Out of it, it people. Know.
2: If there's one thing we want you to take away from today's podcast, it is that is that it is not that hard to kidnap and drug a young woman. It's <laughs> for
1: your satanic. It's. Ritual. I mean, I'm. If there, if this was visual, there'd be saying, "Please don't do this." But we're just saying it's not that. Hard.
2: Yeah, it's terrifying. It's clearly
1: not that hard. Oh my god! Well, let's take this one step further. In okay. all seriousness. I think it's awful. Neither <laughs> one of us whatever, wants to be involved in this, but That's they right. straight up took over a family's house and murdered them and just threw them in a side room just to bleed out. So for them, my god, murdering an entire family, quite easy, but we don't want to grab a innocent woman, let's make sure she has a good time and then enjoy some pizza and then we dr- I mean it's I, I I'm also, I'm not trying to screw this movie up, at all no, I'm just no, saying no, it no. seems like a lot of Steps just to get I guess if I guess if they had written it in a way that it seemed like uh oh that background does some funny things. Oh, no, I know isn't that a funny background of uh, yeah. Greta Gerwig and what's her name on the back. Anyway, um it, it just seems like if I'm making this up on the spot, but if it's like she has to go through certain steps to prepare her purity before she can be snared, it's like they it would explain why she can't be kind of grabbed and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah. so I, the first time I didn't think about it, but last night I was watching, I kept going, boy, they're going through a lot of steps just to drug this would woman. Have,
2: would have been such a different drug movie. A that would have just been such a different movie. And so, I don't know, gross. If it's just centers around like she gets kidnapped and, and then she's held in this house. And it would, I, yeah, I do feel like it'd be a, a different movie because you had talked, I think you had mentioned earlier that, yeah, everything... Leads you into the next thing, and everything happens for a reason. And so, part of what's so great about this is, is that it's believable that you know, even though she's got the voice of reason, Greta Gerwig over here saying or Megan saying, like, this is weird. We need to go. Don't this guy's do this. A fucking
1: creep. Yeah, yeah.
2: She's like, well, the money's perfect. It's too good to be true, but it's Which true. Was kinda
1: that, yeah, I, that. I love too. that she said it, that line. Yeah, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, that kind of felt a little forced. <laughs> I need three hundred dollars by Monday. I know there's a part of you that I know this is too much, but if you find out at the end that D. Wallace works with them, you know what I mean? It's kind of like if she had showed up at the end for two oh seconds. Oh my ago. god! Oh, she says you have to have this money, and it's he's gotta have it. it. Yeah. And then they offer the this unbelievable because I mean that's a lot of money now, but in 1983, Jesus, I was like saying, here's two grand, right? Know? I'm sure she was like, fuck, are you kidding me? Hell yeah, I'm going to take it. So,
2: but I had to, you know, kind of make sense for the world that she's in that she would be a smart, you know, person like that would be willing to kind of take risks and kind of go into this weird situation just because if she just gets this money everything will work its way everything will work itself out she can get and out I of that fucking that age, dorm room she can get that apartment she can I
1: think at that age you're you know definitely more like eh, fuck it i'm sure i'll be fine yeah what's it's, it's but, a babysitting <clears> job like what's going to happen my niece ashley hampton who i guarantee you is definitely not listening to this again another niece if she hears this hello ashley i love you but a few years ago decided she's just going to fuck off to thailand and all these by herself you know little uh, blonde girl in her 20s, just going to go by herself for weeks, if not months, hit all these Southeast Asian countries and just travel, see what happens. And she's telling me these stories because we went to dinner when we got back and I was terrified for her. (laughs) She was like, oh, I had to get a ride to a train or a plane or something. And I said, how do I get there? And they said, oh, a guy will pick you up on the corner and goes and this guy just shows up on a bike and he shows up and said, do you need a ride to the train? Yeah, okay, get on. She gets on the back of a bike. Some random dude <laughs> just takes off i said how did you never think you're going to be kidnapped I like yeah that was fine yeah she was fine and the guy took her to the train he was all scheduled but i'm just like what no i know complete the stranger in- says get on my bike in the middle of southeast <laughs> asia yeah. little little scrawny blonde here girl i'm sure oh god no. <laughs> older i'm sure an older woman would be like fuck no i'm not getting get on this goddamn bike i say that like i know i don't go anywhere
2: Right, world's a scary place, but I guess at a certain point you just got to go go with it and say, "Hey, if I get murdered, I get murdered."
1: But I got to get to that train either way. So, well, that is true of that. But in this one, it's like you know, I, it's good writing. I mean, she wants his apartment. Mm-hmm. She sure as hell tired of going back to her damn dorm room with her punk ass girlfriend who won't even let her sleep in her own place. And these guys say, "Here's the money you've been looking for. You just got through." So, anyway again i just thought of something of course the devil is a play here so oh right the devil might be influencing events either i think it's kind of funny. i just want to go on record i don't fucking i don't deal with the devil we he doesn't deal with before. the devil my catholic upbringing would not let me do a film that has anything to do with the devil it's, i don't want to fuck with that shit i'll watch somebody uh, else talk about it but i don't want to be involved i'm
2: into the devil just <laughs> I was <laughs> I, raised Catholic. I don't practice anymore. I don't know what I am, but the devil's pretty cool uh, concept. So. Well,
1: I will say that this is one of the first times that I could see <sighs> dabbling in it from a you know film standpoint because it, it is so kind of over the top and rock and roll. And at the end, when you know the blood and the skull, you know, forced the and I'm going, okay, this is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, did this even really have a devil or the devil in it? Uh, or was it just fanatics that think that they are, you well, know, one, one of those one cults? Was but then I remember. Yeah, then I remember that they basically uh, um, m- impregnate her by uh, feeding her the blood of this. I- I'm just going to call him Castle Freak. Yes. Uh, because it looks like Castle Freak.
1: Stuart I missed Gordon. that was that
2: supposed to be his blood? I think he cuts himself
1: okay. he or she like, I don't right.
2: even know what it is right I don't even know it's a, a good makeup job because it's yeah' it's oh, terrifying. It's really good but really uh good. yeah, it slices his like hand or arm or something and oh, pours it into right. that into that Vace. skull yeah and uh you know feeds it to that, it, that delivery way, which, system uh, I do not that
1: blood delivery system um, what cracked um, me up about it is she's got something in her mouth and they coat her. <laughs> with more blood. And I'm like, so fucked up. It's like, you're not making much room to get that blood in there, but apparently it worked. And Joe Bob Briggs said something I felt. This is horror. This is supposed to be kind of homage. Apparently it was supposed to be an homage mm-hmm. that I thought, I'm sorry. I know it makes me old and pervy, but why she should have been naked. To me, if you're going to make this thing seem old school, 80s, hardcore, that... I mean, even if you disguised it camera-wise, you know, I get that. I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. But the fact that she was, like, you know, covered the way she was, I was like, I don't see a satanic cult this extreme going, well, I mean, keep her shirt on and her underwear. and make Yeah, sure what was she's- she
2: wearing? Was it like a, like a death gown or something? Yeah, but it was, like, but it was white- like,
1: yeah, exactly. And she had her she underwear her on. And it just felt like. If you were really going to do this, and again, I mean this. It's like if you obscure her with a candle or something, Mm -hmm. I don't don't, don't give a shit, but she should have, from a wide shot, seemed like they just tore the clothes off, you know, all this, so they could draw on her. Because they have to, you know, pull your gown up so we can draw Mm -hmm. her blood. To me, it's like the first thing they would do Mm -hmm. is just say, well, get rid of this stuff. This is all in the way. So that felt a little bit like when there's sex scenes and then suddenly people are like always covering themselves up when they get out of it. And, and they take the sheet with them. It's like, you know, I'm not saying I've been with a lot of people, but I've never had anybody pull a sheet off my bed and <laughs> cover themselves <laughs> to walk around the house. Right. If you just did something, they're probably pretty okay with you seeing them. But anyway, so for a film that's so kind of gritty and spot on, that was something that, you know, when Joe Bob said that, I felt like, thank you. I just kind of thought, you know, you had seen that. Again, even if it's obscured, you go, oh, cool, that just makes sense. This feels visceral and real. So, anyway, there's an Instagram account I love called Light Witch. God, Courtney Brooke, I think it's a photographer. And it's all her stuff. And it tends to all be in that realm. It's a lot of pagan, you know, Krampus, you know, a lot of in the snow or out in autumn. I think she lives like in Massachusetts somewhere, but she has a lot of swords and blood and pentagrams (laughs) and naked chicks. And I think her husband looks like he's probably in a metal band, you know, big, long hair and everything. And they all ride motorcycles. And I mean, I think she's Probably a very nice person, but they kind of live the lifestyle. But all her photography tends to be leaning in that kind of pagan metal world. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, and th- this is going on a tangent, but she's getting a lot of her stuff, unfortunately, off Instagram because Instagram got so prudish. Like, said a nipple. You know, they just constantly right. we well, got to blur that. So she's like, I have my art I can't even show anymore. So she's going to the OnlyFans but to me, what works about her stuff is not only is it done well, but it feels real, you know, when she poses somebody out in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't always strategically. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, you, mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at something, you're like, oh, this is real and visceral and and not borderline a black bar being stuck over something mm-hmm. to obscure the, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know that if we did something, I guess if you met the right person and, You're like, well, this needs to be nude. You'd have to ask yourself two questions. Can they be seen? No. Okay. Well, I want them to be nude-ish, but we're going to obscure it in a way that it eludes that they are, but we don't have to show it. I'm fine with that too. But if it's like, I don't know, it's like, ah, these crazy things are happening, but I'm wearing this nice little uniform that I don't know. Do you think me.
2: there was a conversation there where they where they were like, Well, um, you know, any self-respecting uh you know, pagan ritual or you know, you are sacrificing a naked lady, but then what does she do when she escapes? Does she grab a robe
1: or does oh, she grab clothes? Well, like see, how does she get that's that's rest? making a good point. That's a good point. If he said, you know, I would have wrote it that way, but you have to run off and mm-hmm. yeah, you could have.
2: I think, and then could've. she's in all white. So then, when she gets all covered in blood, that's always like a, a big uh, um, uh, red red flag when you see the girl is in like white jeans and a white tank top, and you go, "Oh, you're gonna be head to toe covered in blood by the end of this right, film right. because you're it looks cool." Not gonna be cool. wearing dark clothes. That wouldn't make yeah, right. sense. And so, so they put her in that white gown so that they can just douse her in blood.
1: No, you're. I think you know. You're making a good point. I can now see why that would be more of an artistic decision. It's like, well, you're gonna run. We need to be able yeah. to see all this. Yeah, yeah. It's,
2: almost, it's almost less of an artistic decision and more of just like a tactile decision. Like, like you're going to have to get up and run. What's the most believable? Do you stay clothed or, you know, are you willing to run around through the second, you know, the last 10 minutes of this movie naked before you and your okay, blow super, your brains out?
1: And your superpower, which is able to reject all ropes from your uh, hands and wrists by just going... Pweet!
0: And they pew, just pew, untie. Pew,
1: pew, 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 pew. they just untie magically. That really that really bothered me. I was like, how would she, how did she what? And they're all so caught yeah. off guard, like, what's
0: happening?
1: So it's like, uh
2: what was uh what was it? It was uh Vlad and Coco when uh Cassandra and I are, are uh, all wrapped up. <laughs> in the, in the bows and the Christmas stuff, and we just kind of move, and it just it falls just off. Falls off, yeah. Well, that's hilarious because it's like these guys are
1: such idiots. I don't know. Like tie tied you up, up. Yeah. yeah. And then you did that kind of oh, oh, okay. Guess I, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny though. That's comedy. That was comedy. Okay. Gold. Comedy. Ooh. Kids wouldn't get it. That's comedy.
2: Uh, let's see uh,
1: what's worth talking about. Well, I will uh, they did such a good job with uh, um, Noonan, um Tom Noonan and is their name Mary War yeah they um, were good that yeah. was that was extremely good casting of the uh, Creepazoids when they show up at the house for uh uh Megan Greta Gerwig to say uh well it one of my my favorite acting in this is Greta Gerwig's character Megan when they're standing at the door and Tom Noonan Answers and just mm-hmm. her profile, and she kind of has a look on her face like, What the fuck? <laughs> 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 she instantly is like, no, she knows and then up. Sam kind of gives her a look, like, come on, it's fine. And she's like, uh. <laughs> and then her eating those damn hard candies, which are all disgusting. And oh my god, everything about it was just like, This is so great. This is it's they're just building, they're just adding a little ick factor. Every little bit gets just a little ickier, and he's mm-hmm. just so gentle about it. It's, oh, you're what what lovely what beautiful girls oh but beautiful oh, girls
2: no, no, no. and then she's kinda... so
1: happy the woman's so happy with who they've gotten which of course is going to be the mother of the devil and it's just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh,
2: there's it's 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 kind of crazy because I mean, this is not, it's not like this hasn't been done before, you know, the, uh, uh, Rosemary's baby and, you know, and the the mother of the devil and, you know, all this sort of stuff and the satanic panic thing, but yet it still feels fresh and original. And I think that's just because of, of what they were able to pull off with the, uh, just, just the feel of the movie, and really it being two totally different movies. That first, oh my god, yeah, and, and the last 30 minutes.
1: My favorite quote is Jean Luc Godard, who says, It's not where you take things from, it's where you take things to. And it's all been done, everything's been done. You know, all you can do is try to spin it. And I do think if you let a little time go by, you can. You know, say, I'm going to do my take on Rosemary's Baby. I mean, my God, that mm-hmm. was late 60s, for God's sake. So, I mean, you could do it every year. It doesn't matter. But uh, Joe Bob talks about that that was a little bit of the complaint from the horror community. It's like, well, this is just Rosemary's Baby. It's like, well, <laughs> my, you know, someone carrying a devil child. At, first of all, yeah, I think It wasn't that film like that. I never saw it, but it's, it's like a little Satan baby. I mean, everything. <laughs> Boy, that baby. movie Hell Baby? I, uh, there's a film called Head. <laughs> By the way, about giving birth to some kind of fucking creature, so Hell Baby, which yeah. is a fucking <laughs> fantastic movie. If you haven't seen Hell Baby, it's a comedy, it takes place in New Orleans, shot it in New Orleans. My God, go see Hell Baby. It's so you good. gave me quite a fright. We should talk. We got to talk about Hell Baby sometime. I
2: thought Adam. I was it. I was over the moon. I could. I thought that was going to be just the dumbest. Movie ever, and you told us about it, and we watched it together, and it is so funny. Mm. Oh my god, hell baby,
1: hell baby is the the two <laughs> priests in there. It's like it's Reno nine one one people, right? That oh made yeah, it and stuff. Yeah, the the state, with the with their fucking cigarettes and the gun. Oh yeah, it's going on. Oh Paul
2: Shear and Rob Hubel and their big Rob binets. Hubel was
1: oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah when they're eating their po boys oh yeah that means nothing unless you've seen it okay yeah but watch how um they but you know that's yeah it's been done but who gives a shit they did it so well and it's such i think you could go fucking make i mean jaws is all those have been done a thousand times i mean creature feature it's all the same thing it's all the same beats it's mm-hmm. always, there's something terrorizing. And they got to go find the expert who comes in and talks about it. And then, you know, they got to go kill the thing. And it's been done a gazillion times. But does it matter? No, not if it's done well. Not if you put it in the, in,
2: you know, not if you put it in the right hands. and
1: You get somebody who really knocks it out of the fucking park. You get somebody, God bless him. Hopefully you and I will meet him someday so we can tell him. Rob, goddamn zombie, who says, I'm going to do... I'm going to do Rocky Horror Picture Show meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Call it House of Thousand Corpses. Fucking masterpiece. Fucking great film. Well, <laughs> he knew everything had been redone. He just mashed them together. Hadn't been done together like that. But mm-hmm. he, he doesn't shy away from it. He's not trying, trying to act like he's reinventing the wheel. He's just saying, this is what I love. Universal yeah. gave me a bunch of money, and they said they build it. Let's go do this. So I just want to share the things that I love with... All of you people, right? Yeah, which at that time, especially, no one was fucking doing it. So God bless him. He probably ushered in all kinds of shit. Mumblecore ushered in what they ushered in. So the Duplass brothers and Lynn Shelton and all these directors that were doing that kind of stuff, good. because people kind of like to, Juno? Would that have fallen in that category too? No, I don't or... think so because I think that had more kind of plot beats. I think that— oh, okay. Ah, uh, uh, God. The one I'm trying to think, I wish I could remember the name of it, that uh, he's a singer-songwriter— I'd have to look it up. Andy would uh, remember this, but it's really good. It's about a guy that just goes camping with a friend he hasn't seen forever. And they literally just, and it's kind of, you keep thinking something weird's going to happen. Like one of the guys is going to murder the other one. No, mm-hmm. they just go camping. But they have a lot of discussions, There's a lot of driving. It's Pacific Northwest, so it's beautiful. And there's not a whole lot that happens, but discussions, but it's just a really beautiful film. And it's very mumblecore. And, uh, God, I wish I could remember what it's called. I own it somewhere. It's called like out of nowhere or something, but it's a, I would love to do it as a feature because if you have a good plot, you know, point A to point B to point C, I think you can fill in with magic. I mean, when you got somebody as good as Andy, not to mention Gooding and all the other connections you have musically, you can hit on some, uh, what I call kind of environmental, which means I'm just gonna build this sound sequence. I'm gonna let some of these visuals go by on this drive, or these people are walking and setting up camp or whatever. And I think what it pertains to this film so much is my God, the first third of this thing, she's just kind of bebopping around town, just trying to get her apartment and deal with her dipshit roommate. And she talks to her friend and and just it's so quiet, but at the same time, it's building up. So much, well, with Megan, uh, um, Greta Gerwig, I mean, you fall in love with her so much, you're just like, Oh, I want her through the whole movie. Bam! And shot yeah. No, you can't kill her. And then she has to keep calling the voicemail and getting Greta Gerwig's voice going, ah, I'm not mm-hmm. really here. And you're like, She's dead. She's dead. And the murdered family that you know is weird because you found the photo of them and you see their Volvo and those motherfuckers stole their goddamn Volvo. It's just there's so many good little things where you're like Ugh.
2: yeah well and they do spend so much time just like navigating the house and she's just looking around for a while and
1: which is and, what you would do in a house like that yeah it's what else she's a board it's not like she really I get you know I have to laugh because it's a public domain so she watches a uh, um Night um, of the Living Dead for Riot. two seconds because everybody does which I think at this point everyone should it's like if you do a feature you have to have somebody watch a Night of the Living Dead for a second
2: that just shows that you like horror films so it's, that's an, that's a lesson to the or that's a note to the audience that's so like you're in good hands don't worry she's watching Night of the Living Dead
1: but don't you also think it's <laughs> it's public domain so we're gonna show that well that's you know, what, yeah, I, yeah, I that's thought what of a saying. thought I have to tell you this I have to th- tell you this Ryan okay. I'm watching this because I even paused so I could pontificate. I don't use that word very often. Ooh, but it was a good like word. when they were, when they, he she showed that for, you know, 10 seconds of her watching Nigh the Living Dead, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to make, you know, for 30 seconds the film that they watch? You know what I mean? So you could make it old school. And then it hit oh. me. I was like, well, that's the film I want to make. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Fuck the film that's watching it. I want to make the film they're watching. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, Oh, it's just come crazy old school black and white. Blah, blah. It's like, well, that's the feature. I don't fuck the other film. What's that film? Oh, well, it's just crazy. Well, let's make that one. Anyway, that's all I was saying. No, this, I
2: mean, this, Uh, uh yes, 100%. I want to make both those films. Um, <laughs> I love, I still love the idea. And this is, you know, this is just low budget filmmaking 101, which is like small cast, one location or, you know, low, you know. I have a house now. Less locations. Way. For what? For a shooting?
1: Brian and Heather Cartwright just moved a few blocks from here, and they have a giant house. and they she, have an awesome She house. does the interior decorating on this house. I mean, it's all floral wallpaper, insane. It's big. Is that it's the one huge. from Ellen's
2: yes. um, film, yes. right? Yeah. Yes.
1: And I've talked to him twice now. I said, can we shoot a feature here? Yes. Can it be a horror film? Yes. They have two <laughs> well, kids, I'm right. sure, over a few weekends. that They have parents that can babysit, or grandparents, I mean, so... Yeah, I think once everything's over, you could walk through and say, Oh, let me see your basement. Oh, <gasps> let me see this. Oh, <gasps> you know, and then you just write. And I think this to me is a good lesson on that kind of film is, and I'm not saying this to, you know, try to get away with, you know, not making a good film, but you can spend mm-hmm. the first two thirds just kind of building the suspense, you know? of why these people are here, what it takes them to get to the house, now what's established in the house, why did they keep discovering weird little shit, and blah, 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 and then at the end, it starts to, you know, building up. And, but let me say this. I won't say their names, but, um, because I'd probably screw one of them up, but there were two different people on Facebook that said, oh, I saw that film. I was real disappointed after the buildup that not much happened. And one of them, Jenny, God, I'm sorry to say her last name. Is it Vines, Viernes or something? I don't know if she's going oh. to this and be mad at me. Probably. But I, I wish I could does. read it. I wish I had it in front of me. <laughs> but she said, it just, and I made a joke. I said, well, my life's so boring that last, you know, 15 minutes was, you know, crazy insane to me. And then she said something like, well, live a few days with my four kids and you'll probably... <laughs> find out what a bore all that is. <laughs> and I said, I 100% agree that would happen. So I think her joke obviously is like, when you live with so much insanity all day, you see that and you go, that's it. See, Where I'm sitting I- quietly in a house like for the last nine months. And I'm like, uh, that shit was going on in my house. I would shit myself.
2: I was watching it last night and, um, it starts to get crazy and I always get kind of caught off guard because I remember the Greta Gerwig part or the, the Megan part. Um, but when everything starts to get really crazy and she, you know, AJ Bowen confronts her and, and all that sort of stuff, I just, I just, I was so shocked. (laughs) <laughs> and it's so funny because like I know
1: I know I love it here. i just Like up. how it's jumping around like crazy. <laughs> You're wearing go, 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 go We're both wearing Return of the Living Dead t-shirts. Yes we
2: are. For good reason. That movie fucking rules. Uh but uh it's a it's a goddamn masterpiece. I'm putting on my goddamn masterpiece of cinema. Uh, my, uh Mr. So, sweater. Oh, I also have one of those on.
1: Hey, look at us putting Mr. Roger's
2: sweaters on top of our Return of the Living Dead shirt. We're such old horror nerds.
1: God, it's great. Cardigan and a horror T-shirt. Trying to get dressed here and be close to the mic. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, you're good. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I think I think the fact that I was just shocked and I watched some pretty dastardly stuff, I feel like, sometimes, and this movie still gets me. Uh, so, so, yeah, when... When the you know the idea is raised that oh not much kind of craziness happens, I would have loved to have seen them really go for it. I go, Jesus Christ, what
1: is go for it? Right, because I uh, think they it's spill more, a I, lot of blood. I think it's more of it in my. <clears throat> this is what I think is that I <clears throat> it needed to be that way throughout. I mean, I don't agree, but I think that's what most people feel like. Right.
2: See, so what they so did that kills massively. to me that kills the whole
1: purpose of the film.
2: What they did masterfully, and I think you know, you said this earlier, is they they have that moment when Megan dives into the cemetery, and you already feel like something might be weird at the house, but you really don't have a ton to go off of, other than maybe these people are a little weird, and he's and very it's a eager, house and the title's
1: called house of the devil. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, but Sam right. doesn't realize that this is the house of the devil. She's right. seeing a paycheck and, and Greta, or, and Megan is like, uh, you know, this is weird. I don't agree with this. I'm, you know, and so she leaves and she just pulls into the cemetery and, you know, what seems like a really weird encounter with this a strange guy in the cemetery turns into her death real fast, like shockingly fast. And so then all of a sudden you go, okay, okay, the stakes are really high because they just exploded her head in that car. And then you get an, one more scene, like you said earlier, where she, where you see the other side of the door and you see right. the family that, that lived in that house as dead bodies And then it's the end of the movie when she's strung up there, she's being pursued and all this sort of stuff that where it really takes it there. So I could, so it's kind of like hitting the uh, giant hole in the wall with a hammer just so that later on you can use a fake one and it'll be really effective. It was like, they set the stage for you to be scared. Had we not seen Greta Gerwig get, her face blasted off or we not seen what was maybe on the other side of that door. You might not have been as on edge because you're still kind of going, it's just a old house. You know, it's just a old creepy house, but some nice oh. noises <clears throat> and from upstairs just, and some stuff like that just adds to an it's unbelievable sense of suspense, which has got to be so hard to build. It's easy. Like you said, it's easy to do jump scares. It's easy to spray blood all over the wall. But well, to build I, I, The
1: older I get, we've talked about this multiple times, but the older I get, the more I have less interest in, and let uh, me back I, You know, we both worship Evil Dead 2. I prefer oh, one yeah. probably, but nothing's more insane than that, and that's one of the reasons I love it, the ending of the uh, uh, the remake. So I'm not against that at all, but that's not what sells me on a film anymore. I'm much more uh, uh, content over, uh, or quality over, you know what I'm saying? Quantity. Yeah. I mean, I, excess, I I don't give a shit. I mean, that's why I don't like torture porn because it's like, Mm -hmm. well, is there a story? Not really. People just get tortured. Well then I'm out. So this was such, to me, this was like a good song, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. It goes on forever, but you can feel it build, and you're like, ooh, by the end of it, it's just a heavy fucking riff, and then it holds off on the last chord that goes, you know, you go, It's like a 12-minute song, but I was so excited. (laughs) Kind of like one of my favorite songs by the Savages called Fuckers. It just takes a while to get going, but what is it, a 12-minute song? Fucking great. Jesus. And Andy and I, one of the things we love about Mumblecore Is that exactly that is, um, well, Andy and I joke all the time, Andy, as a musician, you know, we'll talk about how we both like kind of a, I don't know if it would be like a mantra or a chant in music, where if you get like a riff of something, and it's maybe 20 seconds long, and you just keep playing it over and over again, (laughs) it's almost this. If I have Native American, it is minuscule at best. You know, I'm one of these families that always was like, you know, my grandma apparently was half. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that's never been proven. This is going to sound really racist, so hear me out. But my uh, old boss, who since has passed away, she was like, once found out that I said, well, we're supposed to have Native American blood. She came in. And again, this sounds racist, but I'm making a point. She goes, I think your Native American blood likes is drawn to the music you listen to. And I go, why? She goes, everything you play in the office, I hear it, it all has this beat kind of.
2: Oh, like a a drum beat. Yeah. Like repetitive drum drum beat or something. Something.
1: Because I do believe, again, I'm probably wrong. So don't get mad at me. But I think when you go to like uh, grass dances and these kind of things that they have around town, you know, that's what it is. The drum circles play a repetitive beat. You Mm -hmm. know, they don't switch it up. They do this thing for freaking minutes, if not hours, it seems like. And I'll admit it speaks to my soul, this kind of. You know, that just that thing. And to yeah. me, core is that for like the first 80%. Then suddenly a you know, and then it's like <gasps> it's going. That's what this film was. I felt like it just kept this nice pulse. It didn't get boring. I never mm-hmm. found myself going, Yeah, God, hurry up. Where I suspect a lot of people watch this film, Shay Roach. She was one of them. <laughs> she hated it. Probably like, again, yeah, she's got two boys. She's probably got a crazy life and she's like, I got time for this shit. Kill some people. Let's get this thing moving. But to yeah. me, it was like, I got nothing but time and I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> no, I just want, you know, the film, if they had, if they had held it, it could have been 30 minutes longer. I'd be fine. As long as they just kept slowly building it up, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm down. I'm down for your ride, Ty West uh yeah it's got up for a sequel by the way it's not gonna happen i'm just saying
2: i know right that that ending that is a little
1: heavy-handed it took <laughs> me a line? second because she shot herself in the head i was like how's that fucking woman still alive and i was like right. oh yeah she got the devil in her right so of course Incredible she's killed shit yeah and i think the sequel uh, should, the lady should be a wacky a- comedy i think the sequel should be <laughs> a, like hell baby <laughs> what are you when you're a single mother with the mother of Satan? Mm. <laughs> we'll find out next on uh, uh the apartment the Satan of the baby. devil. Don't yep. trust the
2: devil baby in apartment yeah 20 <laughs> it's kindergarten with the devil. Oh god. Yeah, it's like kindergarten cop, but it's a uh, Gabriel Byrne from End of Days or something. Oh my god, That's the
1: devil! I love Gabriel Gorgeous.
2: Byrne. Anyway, uh, so um, number for pizzas on the fridge. Okay, so let's just eat. let's just get them out of the house. Uh, so Susan keeps calling Megan, and that was where I had uh, thought again that she just sounds weird because she goes. Uh, not actually here. She goes.
1: Hello. Oh, who is she
2: calling? Uh, uh she calls Megan, and uh, so Megan's answering oh, machine right, every right, time. Right, every right, time right, she right. says oh, that, right. she goes. She goes. Hello. Yeah, uh, she uh, we I'm started. not actually here. And well, she, she just doesn't like her. Yeah, she has, like yeah, she has her. Her. that.
1: That's kind of her delivery. Yeah. I know, and actually. I like it.
2: Like it's Francis kind Law. of.
1: Oh, really? See, I've never seen. It's a little valley girl. Ish. okay oh my god guys uh, ryan's gonna know, talk for 30 know. seconds while i go pee
2: oh no i'm <laughs> gonna know. go i'm gonna go pee too so we're just a pause it
1: okay we we'll go pee and we're back that's my alec walterscheid if he's listening hey every time i call him that's how <laughs> oh he answers hey <laughs>
2: Um, I love when she's looking around the house and um, there's this um, incredible shot where she opens the door and she flips the light on and it just lights up the pool table. And then oh, right. yes. like the rest of the room is still pitch black, but the pool table boom, mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. she just like oh, flips it off and then just keeps moving. And I could see why some people might not see the merit in her going all over this house. But I don't know. I was interested to look in all these rooms and kind of. Kind of be along for the
1: ride. Well, two things. One, who wouldn't want to see this house? My God, it's beautiful. It's awesome. You're young and you got four hours to kill or three hours to kill. And she didn't really want to watch TV and she's kind of freaked out and uneasy. So she's kind of just, I walk around this house and see what's going on. So, I mean, she's literally just killing time till Greta Gerwig can come pick her up. Who's never going to pick her up. Which is terrifying, too. She keeps calling her and, sorry, I'm not really here. And it's like, she's dead. <laughs> Precious Megan has been shot in the head in the freaking, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah,
2: well, and it's uh, it's the time of landline. So, it's like, I figured you'd be home by now. Like, why aren't you home? Why, yeah, or, you I'm know. to that, call you.
1: And don't forget to come yeah. pick me up. And, yeah, it's funny because I'm old enough that, I mean, I know you are, too. It's not like you don't know what a landline actually is. But, you forget, well, especially from a story standpoint, I have an old script. I have a couple, and one of them I read years ago, and I I can't remember who told me. I think it was Andy. Made the point. I go, God, I wrote it so long ago, there's actually a payphone in it. <laughs> and you couldn't do that now. And, of course, he's like, well, yeah, you could. You could just have it take place when you wrote it. And I went, oh. Of course, it makes it harder to make, I realize. But it was such an important thing that, you know, you couldn't have a phone. You had to get to one and all that. Yeah. Where now, it's like, you know, everybody does. We've seen it eight trillion times, the cabin in the wood type of thing. The first thing someone scrams is, am I getting reception? There's no reception out here. Phones are dead. I mean, Problem solved. They, yeah. Can't call out. <laughs> Or people are running around with their hand in the air trying to get one bar so they can call. But, yeah, it's nice to have just a good old-fashioned. And, again, it takes me back to my childhood. I think that's why this film works so well for me is that you sit there and go, oh, I remember when you used to stretch that damn cord. We had a little phone stand that you sat on, you know, the little wooden, you know, seat with the phone mm-hmm. next to it. We had the one landline. I'm old enough. We used to have a... a uh, what was it called? Party line. You had to know what your ring was because it would ring a certain ring. And if it wasn't your ring, it was your neighbor who was getting the call. And you could hear what your neighbors were saying. What? So if it was like, I'm making this up because I don't remember, but if it was ring, 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 that's not our house. We're ring, ring, ring. That would be Hampton <sighs> thing. Now, if you picked it up, you could hear your neighbor going, because my neighbor used to always listen to my mom talking. she'd say, Mrs. Arndt. And then the other woman would hang up. Her name was Mrs. Arndt. So yeah, we have a parking <laughs> line. That was wow, that's crazy. I, I was very young because it wasn't long after that we just had our dedicated number. And getting to the point, I remember when I finally had like a girlfriend or even just my friend friends. You know be listening, so you would Hi. take it and you would pull it and you'd pull it under the door, which was our front door that went out to the porch, and you'd stand on the porch and talk. And of course, my mom would, oh, "You been out there long enough?" Because you know the line was taken up if you were on yeah. it. But, so I had a buddy, I remember that had a girlfriend, and he would drive to Schulte, which wasn't far from us. And for some reason, I don't think he had to put in more than just a quarter to get a stop, but he'd sit there at the payphone, you know, the kind you pull up to. Mm-hmm. And he'd talk for like three or four hours to his girlfriend, who was in Rose Hill, just on that payphone. Wow. Because he, that way, his, you know, his family wouldn't be like, you can't keep that phone, phone line busy. So he would sit there and just pull up in his truck and just sit there on that thing. And no one would come up and go, dude, can I use that goddamn phone? But
2: yeah, ah, the good old days. Kids these days are just texting each other. They're missing out
1: on so much. Yeah, and you call and you have a conversation. I don't talk on the phone. Don't I don't talk. I don't take phone calls. That's just, yeah. Well, it was funny. There was a girl on Facebook. I don't remember. This is not important. I don't know what I'm saying. But they were going through something. And they're putting it out there, as you should. And a few of the people are like, you know, I'm there for you. Hit me up in my DMs. And, of course, I right. was thinking, because God forbid you call each other.
2: You know, well, what, I'm you know,
1: suicidal. Well, text me about it and we'll yeah, talk Shoot
2: it. me a text. I'll get yeah. to it at my earliest convenience. Yeah, it's
1: like, or you talk on the phone and get from point A to point B. Ah, fuckload faster. There's way too many people I know that I'm like, or we could talk on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how, why would we do
2: that? Well, oh. unless... Uh, w- if if it's us, it's probably because um, one of us doesn't have roughly one hour to spend talking on the phone. Because uh, listeners, what you what you may not know about uh, Wade and I is when we get on the telephone, uh, it's it's just it's such a damn good time. It yes. may be indicative by the length of these episodes that once we start talking, we just don't stop. Until one of us goes, you know, I really have to go. <laughs> and I'll look down, it'll be like 45 minutes. And it's a d- major compliment to my dear friend, Wade, because I just don't talk to people on the phone for that long. And I right. can do it with you near effortlessly.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that because there's a handful, and I do mean a handful of people that I'm also that way with, that you don't do it. What do you do? What's going on? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> Ryan, said the look on his face. Um, yeah, no, it, it is a big compliment because not unlike this podcast, Anything we say makes me go. Oh, and then oh, don't let me forget. Right. Oh, then you were saying oh, which is just we're. I'm going to go on a tangent. Has nothing to do with uh, horror podcast or anything, but life in general. Surround yourself. Find yourself at least one or two people you can do that with. Because Mm -hmm. it's sad how many people we meet throughout our lives. You know, it's like, and I'm not thinking anybody in general, but it's like fuck i'm lucky if i can have a two-minute conversation mm-hmm. with that person <laughs> and it's a struggle at best and yeah then you're talking to somebody it's like yeah, it's been two hours you go, oh shit really yeah like gooding called me the other day and yeah th- we do that every once in a while where it's like god damn we've been talking for two goddamn hours who told yeah. me that the other day that god i'm trying to think now somebody said that at the end of the day we've been to- oh rakai Gunning's wife. Yeah, she Facetimed me, and we just sat. I was on the couch and talked to her. She was wait. We've been talking for ninety minutes. Just <laughs> nice. it's so awesome. Yeah, surround yourself with people you can talk on the phone. Kids, talk on the phone every once in a while. Get to know each other. Yeah, get to stop it. Stop with the Snapchats and the TikToks. I just and the I don't DMs. think in a million years you get to know anybody over a fucking message mm-hmm. or messenger or text. I mean, you can get an idea, but you're getting some curated version that they want to put out you want to get to know somebody that is one thing that i enjoyed oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say at some point you got to talk to somebody preferably face to face you know once the world fire goes out but go ahead
2: yeah no that's something that i found oddly um i don't know nice i guess about uh 2020 is the 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 video call became so useful and um, oh sure yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can see the person, you can talk
1: to them. It's even better than being on the phone. Well, it's funny because so I'm connected. still kind of against it. Because <laughs> I feel like suddenly you're they can see you and you have to go, oh fuck, I don't want to see my stupid face. Oh right. And so it's like uh on New Year's Eve, Rakai actually I was actually talking to Andy, and then we got which I didn't even know you could do. It was a FaceTime call to both of us from Rakai. And uh-huh. Andy had the phone up to his head. So, he's like, what's going on? <laughs> what was going on? And I was wondering why he was not figuring it out, but he said later. So, anyway, she I texted her and I said, she was like, she was laughing, but she said something like, you assholes, because she thought we declined her call, but we were just trying to. <laughs> so, anyway, she called us back. So, we're boop, boop, all three of us showed up. And, of course, I was able to finally turn it to, I wasn't staring at my own dumb face because I'm like laying on the couch and. I don't have the smallest nose anyway, but it felt like I was just like all nose just laying <laughs> And I was suddenly like, you know, on a phone call, I'm not thinking about this, but suddenly so, and Rakai, of course, looked like a million damn dollars. She had like her hair all colored and styled and looked like a Christmas card. And I'm like, fucking old dude on the couch. going, "Hey, it, babe. <laughs> So that's my only problem with video calls out of the blue. It's like, I haven't prepped for this.
2: Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. They can't be out of the blue. That's like stopping by the front door. Don't yeah. Do or sorry, I was <laughs> like, I wasn't sure. expecting you. Yeah.
1: No, no, it's like yeah, I'm not in a place you to accidentally really you a answer. video call right now. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. laying around in my underwear. I'd rather not take this right now. <laughs> anyway,
2: but we digress. <laughs> we do. We do. Um they uh when she's watching TV, not only are they talking about the lunar eclipse, and I love that a full lunar eclipse is kind of like the the um like Catalyst impetus for, brain. yeah, which is kind of weird if you think about it because you still, the, the dead bodies in that other room, wasn't there already like a pentagram and stuff underneath them and stuff? Like they'd done this, have did they, how long have they, when did, why
1: why they have to do I don't know a, if they did. I'm glad. Then. It's funny you said that because I kind of thought the same thing. There was a little part of me that was like, I think they were just in there. I think they okay. just, I think so they just like, said, hey, okay. we're taking over this house. We'll take these bodies and they, but they carved them up because like, it seemed like the kid was like cut from like were, head to crotch. If I remember right, and I was like, God damn, what are they doing? They must be pulling organs or something out, <laughs> prepping for something. But I, I'm a big fan of that though. The, uh, you know, you don't know explain it. Let our let yeah, our brains yeah. go. What happened to those people? Why are they cut up that way? And I love that. And I like that Ty West that. might go. I don't know. Right.
2: Yeah. It's just fucked up. It's just Just fucked up. You guys should be more freaked out. Yeah. Just to let you know, like, she's not safe here. Just in case you were still on the fence, she is not
1: safe in this house. This house, this house (laughs) of the devil is a place she should be getting out of as quick as she can. I love that. The other Uh, cool thing about the guy, whatever his name is, the the pizza guy, he's out there lurking. So it kind of establishes that if she tries to make a just go for a walk, he's going to grab her. So, I mean, it just makes it even creepier because she doesn't have a car. Yeah. That she can't say, you know what? This is terrifying. I'm just going to walk home. Well, he's going to pull up and uh, grab her, I'm sure. So, anyway, they, he did a good job of kind of uh, putting up roadblocks everywhere that as a viewer, you mm-hmm. want to go, why don't she just leave? It's like, well, because there's a guy out there that has a gun that will fucking do something to her, feed her some yeah. fucked up pizza. Well, and that's and that's
2: interesting, too, because you did mention the the bomb under the table and showing right. the bomb, you know. I mean, that was right. essentially what that was, was right. she doesn't know that there's bodies behind that door that are mutilated. Right. But we do. And we just and have she to doesn't sit. know that her best
1: friend's been murdered. She doesn't know that this guy's lurking. This guy's bringing the pizza. I mean, it's just one by one. There's a lot going on in the grand scheme of things when people say there's not going on. It's like she's the innocent victim until, bam.
2: It's kind you of know. Halloween, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, she spends, Jamie Lee Curtis spends a large portion of that film unaware that anything weird is going on that night. Right. Her friends are being picked off and we're getting to see
1: Michael. And the kids saying
2: the boogeyman's out there. I just saw him and she goes, yeah, yeah. that's nice. There's no She goes, well. yeah, okay, that's fine. I mean, even until she finds bodies over at the, the uh, house where Annie was babysitting. Um, Oh, sure,
1: sure, sure. You know, strategically placed, very strategically placed bodies. (laughs) The choreographed brilliance of Michael Myers and how he laid that out. She's going to back up. She's going to hit this little cupboard. He's going to pop out. She's going to swing this way. And then, if I do this just right, she's going to step on this spoon that's on the back of this and it's going to flip up this thing in the air and dunk her in the head. Yeah, it's like a (laughs) mousetrap. He's brilliant. He's been playing on this since he was a child.
2: He has. They should have found, like, the, uh, like, schematics for some sort of a Goldberg <laughs> body really film bad machine. with an X at the end. Yeah. yeah that's a, one of the outtakes from Smith's Grove
1: uh, with uh, oh, the, the TV version go. where he goes. I asleep. like that. Uh, uh, and at the end, she, like, screams, and uh, there's this little spark that goes, Psh! and this thing, little paper un- un- unravels, goes, Whee! You're dead. You know, it's that kind of thing. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that is.
2: I love that she's uh, Sam is watching Frightmare Theater.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I, I just love stuff. that name. Frightmare. We're going to come
1: back to Frightmare Theater. And I just go, yeah. almost, We should have went that way instead of Black Ooze Presents, sounds like an old cheesy thing. Black Ooze Presents with Hotbert Firm. I love it. Noises from, come from upstairs. Sam investigates. Yeah, there's enough little clinkety clunkety. Joe Bob Briggs talks about uh, basically you can't think of another film that did such a good job ever in horror of sound design and just a little (laughs) between the soundtrack and the sound design. It becomes like a character in this thing, which I agree. Yeah.
2: There's a few things uh, that would excite me more.
1: There's a, there's a few things that would excite me more. And Andy and I talk about this and you do too, about how much fun it would be to do a short film and maybe even do the uh, dialogue ADR, but to create every freaking sound, front i mean everything you here on is created in post just so you oh, can yeah. get down to the and the footsteps and the wind and i love it yeah the
2: sound design was graham resnick and i know i recognize the name and i meant to look it up
1: so i'm doing that now uh you should look up at whatever rocket shot too i want to know what else he shot yeah. Oh, Graham did Good sound on the old Rocket Shot, Rocket Shot, Tennessee. That's a song by uh, um, uh, John Denver, Rocket Shot. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Fascinating. Good old rocket Shot, Rocket Shot, Tennessee. No one's going to get that joke. I'm sad. That no one's going to get
0: that joke
2: uh yeah graham resnick has worked on a ton of stuff uh most of it is I, I mean it's its too much to mention but he does sound on all sorts of stuff good things like uh did you ever see the innkeepers? keepers is one no. after
1: this is it worth seeing
2: uh i only saw it once around the time it came out i remember megan, thinking, megan st Clair. hello megan hi megan and shout out to
1: megan she said yes must see
2: oh okay uh i that's got pat healy in it which is great. Pat Healy is awesome. Um, But the innkeepers, I remember feeling, I think the way people feel about this movie is it's beautiful, but I think I remember, I remember feeling like what happened. So maybe you'll love it. Mm. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's kind of making me go beautiful. Well, it's also been God knows how many years since I've seen it. So uh, maybe I, I like Ty West. I like what he does. So it might be worth a rewatch, but I, I remember being like, Oh, this is creepy and it's beautiful. The location is beautiful of that, that inn. but, um, I feel like, uh, it doesn't hold like a spot in my brain. Like it was amazing or anything. So, uh, so Graham Resnick worked on that and who, who else was I looking up? Rocket, 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 man rocket man okay if you would like to fill some time i'm gonna look up
1: uh, uh, i'm just kind of wanting to hear what he shot because I, okay. I meant to look that up yesterday because i thought i'd be curious well I'm, I'm sure obviously everything he shoots is not 16 millimeter he
2: sh- he did shoot in keepers oh okay. man if i try to google something it just bricks my video feed i guess so uh-huh. Whatever. I- hopefully you can still hear me all right
1: i'm just gonna keep on moving Oh, you're fine. We I can we can move on till you till you get it. The well, at this point we're
2: House of the Devil, Mister Mercedes. I never saw that. i heard of it. Um, let's see what else. Some grim stuff. Uh, he did shoot that. I want to know more about the story of Cabin Fever Two, Spring Fever.
1: I want to ask you about that too because they did a remake, which sucks. But there's also a Cabin Fever 2.
2: Yeah. And I avoided it because it seemed like an unnecessary straight to DVD sequel. It just seems stupid. It's called Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever. Ty West directed it, it but got, got yanked from him. Well, I don't know if he got did. Oh, so you're saying so he got it yanked?
1: And well, I saw an interview with him, and he pretty much said, "I'm no bag." He goes, "I'm not bagging on the studio." You know, they did what the best they could, but it made it sound like they kind of took it from him and like recut it. So he kind of right. he wanted to just get his name off of it completely because he <sighs> said this is not my film.
2: Okay, so um, yeah, because they apparently it it they just wrecked it with right. edit, re-edits and all this sort of stuff. And that's got to be heartbreaking when you put, no matter what project it is, when you put that much work into making a movie that's why someone Lynch, comes in and
1: fucks it all up. That's why David Lynch says, as an artist, you should always have complete control of your work or why would you bother? Because that happened to him with Dino De Laurentiis on Dune. They mm. pretty much took it from him and cut it the way they want. So he doesn't even claim it as his film because... He said, it's not my film. That's the studio's film. And ever since then, his his criteria, which I one of the eight trillion reasons I respect David Lynch so much is like, well, if I'm making it, I get final say-so. It's like Showtime yeah. when they wanted him to do the third season of Twin Peaks. They didn't want to give him the budget. And he went on Twitter and said, well, I guess I'm not doing Twin Peaks, <laughs> literally. And then, of course, Showtime's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So they said, we'll find the money. And says, you know, do whatever you want. And that's... David Lynch, as it should be, if it sucks. You know, David Fincher said that if your film blows, it's the director's fault. If your film is uh, amazing, they get all the credit. So as a director, you should be able to have final say-so because you're either going to get yelled at or get all the credit if it is fantastic or sucks. Like Wonder Woman WW84, I I didn't know that Patty Jenkins wrote it. The person that wrote the original one, which I thought was pretty good, didn't come back. So she co-wrote it with somebody else. And I'm not bagging on her, but my instant thought was, well, I guess Patty Jenkins screwed it up. She's the writer-director. I'm sure she could say, are you kidding me? This is Warner Brothers. You know what I mean? 8,000 people got in there and did I mean, I don't know. But when it's low budget, which I'm assuming Cabin (laughs) Fever 2 is, I'm sure Ty West is going, you brought me in because of what I do. Let me do my thing our demographics say that it needs more of this Mm. and this. And he's like, fuck, we'll get somebody else to do the goddamn thing. I think in an ideal world, if I could paint an ideal situation as a director, if somebody came to me with two things of money and said, okay, Wade, we want you to do cabin fever three. And it's this much money. I'm just making this up That you. Go, that's a lot Mm -hmm. of money. I'm going to do this, but we're going to probably drive you crazy the whole time. And it's going to suck. You go, is there enough money? You might go fuck yeah, it. Right. I'll just live out the last 30 years of my life just going, eh, yeah, it bought this house I'm in versus, okay, it's this much money, which is not a lot, but it's a pretty good chunk. Yeah, you'd want to be able to say, well, I want my, I want to have final cut. I'm not going to sit there and kill myself yeah. and make this much money and then have to be embarrassed by it the rest of my life. Yeah. But it's like George Clooney always made excuses when he did Batman and Robin, that his uh, accountant said, you know, if you do this, you never have to work again. I mean, they're offering him literally that much money to be. Oh, and, yeah. and he was like, okay, fuck it. You know, like this is a, this is smart. I, I'll take the money. So he took the money and phoned yeah. it in to of a film if anybody says who's your favorite Batman, it's Clooney's probably the last one on the list, <laughs> and I don't know but, Kilmer. Kilmer would probably be tied with him. Yeah, absolutely, because <laughs> we all know that Michael Keaton's the best. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested to see what Pattinson does with the role. Yeah, yeah. I I'm always <laughs> been a fan of him. By the way, I always oh, have. I mean so I was awesome. never a Twilight person because I never saw any of them. But everything I've seen since, I love him. But yeah.
2: And I I love the director.
1: Which? Why am I drawing a blank on the director? The director of Batman? Batman. Oh, Tim Burton. No, 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 no. I mean the the one with Robert Pattinson. Oh, the
2: Batman. The Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's directing it. Matt Reeves.
1: Matt Matt Reeves. Reeves, You're right. Is it Craig? Let me in. The the cinematographer that's so great. I think it is Matt Reeves. Yeah. Did he do Let Me In? He did do. Yeah. Let Me In. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank on the cinematographer I love so much. He was on uh, that Deacon's podcast. It's so good. It was interesting to listen to him talk. We don't need to go down that path. Bad How man. did we get off on all these things? I <laughs> don't know,
2: man. I'm just having fun talking to you. Uh,
1: uh, we get uh, a, an amazing Oh, we were talking sequence. about Ty West doing we Cabin get... Fever 2 and losing control over it and it being yeah. a train wreck, which makes me kind of want to see it. Oh, I assume yeah. it's out there. Isn't oh it? it is oh yeah oh, okay it's probably streaming well let's most face it places we both agree that cabin fever is fucking fantastic cabin fever is awesome yeah i mean there's, a, the lot, there's is, a lot wrong with it but just remake just from is a, a
2: social big old term. aspect but well that was ridiculous because they i mean they gave it the funny games treatment but it wasn't even a foreign film they just reshot it shot for shot right I mean, and isn't it's it, not basically, even that long after it. It's like, why don't
1: you just watch the original?
2: It's unnecessary. Watch the original. Serena Vincent is incredible. I love her so much. And that kid from Boy Meets World, uh, Ryder Strong, and the God, Dopey really guy with the uh, oh the yeah, Dopey guy with the guy. I you remember I used to be a very very big Eli Roth fan. I mean, Cabin no, Fever no, no. and both the Hostels were those were my shit. Now they're a little bit harder to watch. The Hostels and Cabin Thanksgiving. Fever. Thanksgiving. But uh I mean I I love Eli Roth. I think he's great. But um Yeah, except for those cannibal movies, he makes really bad ripoffs of already hard to watch cannibal movies. Anyways. Uh anyways, let's talk about the film that we're talking about today and not Eli Roth. Um when she hears the noises upstairs, uh, we see just this, uh, and it's my background on on the uh, Zoom, but this, this image of Sam holding a knife. It's very Halloween. Uh, she's got that butcher knife, yeah, and you just see that silhouette go up the stairs, and there's a couple of shots where you see her face, and it's just like perfectly like half lit, and it's just the lighting in this film is gorgeous. And they, they really know how to use, like, the darkness and the light and really kind of it's play very, with it's that. It's kind
1: of noir. Yeah, totally.
2: That's yeah. The, uh, yeah, so um, I love that. I love that she gets up there and you, it reveals the other side of the door. That's where she finds the – or uh, we find the bodies, but she doesn't. And then that phone rang. I want to I knock him down a couple of points because that phone rang so loud and so jarringly for, like, a jump scare –
1: was that a phone or the front doorbell? Uh, I think it was a phone rang, or I wrote I thought, phone. Maybe it was a doorbell. I thought that's I when the know. doorbell rang, and she was terrified, and she ran down there and threw the money at him as to keep the change. And then, oh, uh, okay, maybe that's takes what it that takes that pizza yeah. and holds it like this against her chest. Yes. which should have been chaos pizza. So when she opened it up, it was fine. It's like ah, oh, you were holding that vertically. Right, the pizza should be just, which would have been to me more funny. She opened it up and just been like, yeah. Anyway.
2: Why is get a grip her catchphrase? Did you notice that? She says it like four
1: times in the film. To herself? hmm No, it's cool. She says, uh, Cause it's, get, a, cause get, it's get cheesy. a grip. Yeah, it's uh, so 80s kind of. I suspect that that was probably. Don't have a uh, cow. It's good writing to me because I, to be honest, I didn't notice. So maybe it's not good writing. But uh, it's probably <laughs> something she's been saying to herself since she's about six years old. <laughs> yeah. Get a grip. Right. Get a grip. Just, just like, reminded no, me of
2: like the uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis saying like. I thought you were. Grew out of superstitions, kiddo, or whatever, right? Like some weird right, line right. she'd say to herself.
1: I think that, uh, someone who's probably massively insecure and full of anxiety, thank you. Um, <laughs> I could see myself uh saying that to myself all the time get a grip, it'll be fine, chill out, right? Relax, this too shall pass. I say all the time, get live, get busy living, or get busy dying <laughs> because I find myself when I mentally get caught up in some stupid thing. It's like, I will say to myself two things. This too shall pass. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I have to remind myself how many times I've been in something that seems like, oh, this is it. And then you know you don't even remember it again. Right. Or, and I'm not a religious person. I think I'm a spiritual person, but I always I say all the time, let go and let God, (laughs) which means (laughs) fucking whatever happens, happens, but you just fucking let it just let it go. Right. Let it go. Let go and let God and heart, the herald, angel sing. <laughs> we skipped over that kind of, but the bell tower shot early on. I love that. That's what the bells were playing. Heart, herald, I know it took me a second.
2: So she eats a pizza. She makes a face like, oh, this pizza is nasty. And then I realize, oh, he Drugged. was working at the pizza place. May, did he go get a job at this pizza place just so think he, he, could he drug up the
1: pizza? I think he probably got the order, then called it in and went and got whatever she wanted and drugged it up. Oh, uh, you know, because
2: just, she makes a point to say like, because they go to that pizza place often. I'm sure of it. It's probably like the where pizza they were place having by, by Canvas Eclipse Pie. Right, so it's got to be like the pizza place by campus or something where all the college kids go. And but Ryan, have we had still? We still haven't established it's the same pizza place. I. It has to be because why would Greta Gerwig say pizza pizza's nasty today? She says today, and yeah, but so would be like, drugged. No, I know, but maybe he's bad at making pizzas. Did he go get the job at the pizza <laughs> place just so he could be the guy to deliver the pizza? That's what oh, I'm that's confused pretty funny. about.
1: That's pretty funny. If that's
2: it's case. an elaborate ruse again. Also, you could have just grabbed a girl. And
1: yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, I gotta get a job as a pizza place. What if she doesn't call? I'm gonna make sure she knows there's twenty dollars for that fucking pizza. I'll mention it ten times. <laughs> Co-eds love pizza. It's like, oh, okay, I, uh, but I can't think of any other plan that doesn't involve her eating pizza and me drugging it. <laughs> What uh, if we just money grabbed for pizza? No, oh, who do you think we are? We're not
2: animals. You know, come to think of it, she's so hard up for money. I would, I would put a lot more money on the fact that she takes that twenty dollars and goes yoink right in my pocket. I already had pizza once today, as you so astutely pointed out. Yeah, she
1: would pocket that money. And then I she'd think they should have drug. had lunch at like a burger place and that tasted like shit. And then they said pizza, and she goes, "That sounds good." Or <laughs> if he said, "Everybody <laughs> loves pizza, right?" And she said, "Yeah." You know, Mm. I think that would have been simple. Like, well, fuck, yeah, free pizza. Totally. And if you really want to have him coerce her, he said not to be a penny pincher, but, you know, if you don't spend the money on the pizza, I'm going to keep that part of it. You know, kind of wink, wink. Mm -hmm. Ever go, well, fuck. You know, I just say. Might as well. If you and I were having a discussion about the script, you'd say write that in because that makes her say, well, then I'm going to spend this money on that fucking pizza Mm because I'm hungry and I'm going to be here till 1230 until Megan comes to get me. Yeah, so when West, so, we figured out your film, I don't know why you don't just everybody oh doesn't God. send it to Brian and I so we can fucking make it better. I'm telling you, this is the punch up. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do, man. Welcome to Black Goose Presents Punch Up.
2: I always say I'm really bad at writing, but give me your writing and I'll make it better.
1: No, I would agree that I'm <laughs> no. not agreeing that you're bad at writing, but I think that's an p- important thing. You know, I learned a trick a long time ago because I've done it with Ryan and Cassandra many a time. haven't done it in a while. (laughs) But I learned this myself and then I heard other people say it. And I was like, God, that is so true. It's like if you're writing a story, a script, whatever, tell it to somebody because Mm -hmm. as a creative person, you're going to fill in the blanks that you haven't filled in yet because you're trying to entertain them. And as you're telling the story, you're going to go like, oh, yeah, shit, that was cool. You're going to add stuff. And you're both good at Your wife's extremely good at it. You know, it's like, what if, you know, and then throw out. And And I think you have to have no ego. I mean, if you're writing something like with Art Brute Film, you give to everybody and say, destroy this. If somebody comes out with the the game changer, it's like, well, fuck, there's your. But I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent (laughs) because we talked about before is that, you know, you don't want your. Somebody goes, oh, my God, when you find out that he has been dead the whole time in your film, uh, uh, Sixth Sense, you know like, that's Ryan's idea. Mm-hmm. But it says written and directed by, I know, but yeah. that's Ryan's idea. You kinda don't a,
2: want <laughs> we gave him a story by credit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want, you know, <laughs> you, kinda, you don't want it to be like, well, everything that everybody loved had nothing to do with you. And it's like, okay, so I'm that was has nothing to do with anything. You know you
2: feel that when you work on a big studio film and someone goes, "That moment when Captain America jumped over, grabbed the hammer and did this thing." It was like, "Oh, yeah, that was executive producer, you know, Bob whatever his name's idea. He made me wow. put that in." I'm glad it resonated so much, so with well that. with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you got to be like, cool.
2: So I know I we've talked about it, it
1: before, but I saw an interview with Owen Wilson who like co-wrote the first three or four uh, Wes Anderson films. And they said something about, you know, oh, do people come up to you all the time and say, I love that film that you wrote? And he said, yeah, but they always tell me my favorite line. And I always say, yeah, uh, my brother came up with that because it's not his brother. <laughs> the one who's delivering. He said he would just improvise stuff and all the best lines he just made up. And I got so tired of saying, yeah, I didn't write that. Yeah, I didn't write that. You just go. Oh, thank you yeah yeah it's, <laughs> sure but he said i oh, want to go <gasps> like yeah i was real proud of that line It's like how oh, my brother came up with that luke i couldn't think of his brother luke wilson pizza shows up throws it money in it you don't ever see the pizza guy's face which is important because when i first saw it i did obviously didn't know it was the gunman oh i love i see i could recognize his
2: voice and that's what i love about i i'm just familiar enough with aj oh Boa, so you instantly go eh, i love creep. yeah i love how he's like hey uh pizza pizza yeah. what can we get for you all right well hey uh with the anchovies right <laughs> okay hey we'll see you in 30 and it's just like he's got such this weird slightly sinister sound
1: to him this is like okay well if you're uh, figuring out who it is then it's real creepy but the first time i saw it i didn't fall into mm-hmm. it made sense because he hammers her over the head about pizza get that yeah. pizza and you're like dude okay yeah if i can get pizza Pete shows know, up. Like, we, we skipped over dancing all over the house, but that was a nice yeah. homage to any, a lot of things. Uh, Sam goes upstairs and turns on all the lights. Power goes out.
2: I love the, the, that idea because that's the first fucking thing I think most people are going to do when they're freaked out in this big house is, I'm going to turn on every single light in this motherfucker.
1: Right. <laughs> right now. And this old house cannot handle that
2: shit. And, yeah, power goes out right as the eclipse happens, which I think is serendipity. And then, yeah, she goes down pretty hard. And then she starts to realize she's been drugged and... Uh, she hits the ground hard and then they do some really cool artistic like pulsing shots of like moon. the moon
1: and like it's kind of really ma- kind of it made me think a little bit of video I mean, I know this is older, but it kind of had a Mandy vibe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Kind of hallucinogenic, kind of. I am really
2: excited to rewatch that film because it didn't quite get me the first time around, but I have such fond memories of it that maybe I just wasn't in the right place. And I'm pretty sure Mandy's a so, fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's so a
1: masterpiece.
2: We keep talking about rewatching it, Cassandra and I. We just haven't, but I'm excited well, to one day it. talk yeah, about let's it. save it. The yeah,
1: we're think we'll just put this out there. Andy is going to join us with for either Mandy or then we talked about a uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, but.
2: Well, dude, if we do Mandy with Andy, that's that's a (laughs) that's a winner right there. (laughs) God damn it. Maybe it does
1: need to be Mandy with Andy. We could just talk,
2: we could talk for roughly three hours conservatively about Nick Cage in his underwear. Cause that's just losing it with his tiger
1: shirt on, just the bathroom scene, which is one of my favorite things ever in the history of cinema, which is clearly (laughs) a set, which makes it even better. And so amazing. i like sets
2: i like the idea of sets because i can objectively destroy them and it doesn't matter it's not someone's house we're not like renting a house and we have to fix everything afterwards oh you mean actually destroy it yeah you know spray blood punch a hole oh little, yeah you know, that's put a an good axe point because i thought that even Whatever. with this
1: towards the end of this film i was like god this precious old house and there's oh, some blood all over the floor yeah, i know like, that is not you know this better than anybody it is a, one it's no fun to have continuity and shoot around fake blood. We've been over that with Bullet for Breakfast. But mm-hmm. two, you got to clean that shit up. Somebody's going to be like, uh, Yeah, you can use this house. What are you doing? Ooh, splatter fest. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is a historic landmark. <laughs> All right. That's like, why Eat. Bullet for Breakfast, we just conveniently had plastic up because it was my studio. <laughs> and everybody's like, I like how you went Dexter on that. I was like, Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. She's came a up with that. She was doing that. Yeah. yeah. It is pretty she, brilliant. <laughs> Uh huh.
2: Yeah, we've been playing that all along. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so speaking of blood and being in your underwear, uh, the uh, we get it, we come out of it, and Sam is speaking, just of, blood and
1: be, <laughs> speak, speaking of blood and being in your underwear, underwear how was your New Year's Eve?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was a pretty, pretty astute, uh, assumption there.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just well, in I mean, my underwear. I've, I've spent many a New Year's Eve with you, and it's usually blood and underwear, I'm drinking blood. Um, hanging out in my underwear. Hanging out in my underwears.
2: Anyway, uh, no, we don't
1: need to talk about that. that was a joke. Go back to where you're <laughs> saying
2: Uh No, she's, uh, that was my attempt at a segue. Uh, Sam is tied up. She's on this uh, pentagram on the ground,
1: and then the reveal I changed everything of it. I said, you're intense. right. She's in a tribal gown. She. They left her mm-hmm. panties on. It all makes sense. I mean, it does, because they enter the devil into her through the pentagram in her stomach and then the blood in her mouth, so it's uh-huh. like suddenly... And she has to run off and have a wife. Yeah, everything you said, I'm going, okay, I, now it makes sense that she's dressed the way she is. Other than yeah. the stupid goddamn ropes not being secured, which is <laughs> beyond asinine. Tie. Maybe you, old have, you know, I've Tom always Noonan. thought, you always hear about, you know, you hear about mother's strength. You know, you hear about these women mm-hmm. that like have a burning f- car on top of their baby and they suddenly like, go Incredible Hulk and they can move it, you know. I've always thought that should be introduced more in the films. Like, if she's losing her shit and terrified, why can't she just rip one of the goddamn, you know, ropes out of the wall or something? Mm -hmm. And then she, there's there's a knife handy or she has a, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, that's believable. But instead of just, we, these are not (laughs) tied anymore because I have deemed it. They do this really
2: amazing thing. um, And I think it's at this part. Yeah. uh, Where she is running from, Well, so yeah, uh, I'll just move on to she escapes unless there's anything else in the ritual you wanted to cover. But
1: uh, other than it was done very well with a lot of uh, superimpose of her seeing the devil and that creepy devil person, which really disturbed me because it's the only time in this film you see anything that is not just weird humans.
0: Mm -hmm. When the devil man or
1: woman shows up with really good makeup, you're like, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, is this who is this, and how does this exist? It's pretty great when you really break down the simplicity of this story, that it's like, if you get to the certain place in the world, which happens to be this area, because he said it's really perfect viewing of this total lunar eclipse, which doesn't happen very often, and suddenly the devil can enter into the chosen woman, it's pretty great. I'm really surprised they
2: didn't play total eclipse of the heart
1: at some point in this film. Would that be too on the nose? No, I think, no. honestly, in all seriousness, I think a film like this, that would have been great. If you heard that coming, you're like, oh, my God, they're doing total eclipse of the heart, which <laughs> it's is a like great
2: a, fucking song. It's like how American Werewolf in London, all the songs yes. have moon in it. Yes.
1: Yeah. And as she's running away with the fog outside and they had total eclipse of the heart, oh, my that would have been fucking brilliant. they probably like, <laughs> we looked into it. It was too much
2: money. They're like, we looked into it. It didn't come out until 86. And so technically, the song wouldn't have been out no, yet. You no, know, I never knows? thought that people would, I've never, that's probably a good
1: point. But
2: I would have been picking that
1: apart. Be, it's not supposed to be made in 83. No, I know. But yeah, that, that would have been great. Now I want, now I want that in there. I know.
2: Uh, but uh, but yeah. So escapes. she escapes. So there's this
1: really uh, incredible she has, moment. She kind of gets holds of knives real easy. The whole sequence kind of threw me off. I was like, she How did she stab so many people? Yeah, and she's got her really knives out. She, she also bothered me how she went from tied up to stabbing and running, and everybody was so like, uh, "What's going on?" It Do you kind of get a feeling that they're it. not
2: very good at this? Well, maybe it's just weird. Time ever done it. But they still, they well, they managed to impregnate her with the devil's baby on the first try then, so good for them. Boom. Baby in you. Devil baby in (laughs) you. One One take. I'm a one One take take. Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) But no, she does this thing where uh, she comes across, I'm trying to remember it correctly, uh, she comes across A.J. Bowen's character, and uh, he chases her, and then at a certain point you see him go, okay, well, she's going that direction. He just kind of turns around. Yeah. And you go, oh, this guy knows this house better than she does. And she goes all the way upstairs. And then he just comes walking up the other side of the steps. Like, he's like, I know where you're going. Like, right. I know this house. I live here, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: You know, like, well, it, I had a, it it was one, just I had such a, big, a moment. I had a big problem with that because she's laying flat on her back and he's way up there. And this is one thing I hate in films. It's like he's getting ready to kill her. And then she somehow like six foot gap cup, opens his throat up quite quickly and I'm sorry unless you're going up against Bruce Lee you're not going to let somebody laying on the floor jump up and just cut your throat
2: and you're I think he had very, an eye gouged out though at this point so well, that's true I don't think, I think his wits are quite about him he's
1: yeah, that's a good point a I little guess fucked he could up. be a little yeah and his depth perception is now not existent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it's a death perception issue. He he didn't think he was that close to her. He, he probably was like, Oh
1: she whoa, she's right there. That's my throat. they <laughs> <laughs> to me to see Art brute film, we would have addressed that. Well <laughs> wow, you're real close, but death perception as he lands. <laughs> no death perception having that, that, I'd want that. Is that, that giving I'm away like, the joke what? though? What's that? Is that giving away the joke?
2: By I think it's hilarious
1: it if somebody just goes, no death perception! Like, he just realized how fucked, he just fucked himself because he didn't realize. Like, he oh, heard. you're right there. Yeah, it's like, because it would be. You're like, oh, shit, you're right fucking here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> no death perception. That explains that. So she uh, gets out and hauls ass.
2: Yeah, I've got, eye gouge blood in the kitchen? Oh, yeah, she like slips on all this blood in the kitchen. Oh, God. Well, that's, that was,
1: there was a couple of scenes where I was like, that house...
2: Is a beautiful <laughs>
1: home that somebody probably lives in, and they just came in and did all that. And if you have tile, good luck getting that fake blood out of that takes me out, out of the grout. I'm always going, How the fuck did they clean that shit up when I got done?
2: They probably didn't. That's what that's where that $900,000 went.
1: Well, probably <laughs> clean the up. Crew they had to bring in the re grout everything to just pay but, for uh, the
2: house and just say, Hey, it's your problem now. We're going to,
1: sorry, we're going to re grout your uh kitchen floor. We apologize profusely for that.
2: Yeah, his depth I, I, perception uh, didn't bother him when he shot her in the fucking shoulder, point blank. Jesus, that was- He seemed fine, that's why, most. yeah.
1: Yeah. So she hauls ass and gets chased by- He's so calm when he chases her, too. He's kind of like, okay, hey, all right, man. Who, Ullman, or- Yeah. No, yeah. well, what's his name? Noonan.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, Noonan. i oh, sorry, yeah, Ullman. Yeah, right. I realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that that is a possible Shining reference. I didn't catch. I just read that What's on that? IMDb trivia. The Olmans—the name—that's uh, the name of the guy from The Shining, right? The uh, the hotel manager is Mister oh. Olman. Oh, I didn't catch that. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think don't. he's a big Shining
1: fan. That makes sense. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. is weird because that movie's not any good. I will say, and I know that they can't <laughs> just Kidding. make this happen. Whatever. <laughs> I know they can't just make this happen, but the only thing that would have made this film better is if snow was everywhere. Oh, man. Like I know. And everything. But obviously, Candace, you should just have snow. Especially with global warming. I mean, as we sit here and finally have snow here in Wichita, it's like you don't see it much anymore. But anyway, so uh, Mr. Ullman confronts, oh, that's Sam upstairs.
2: Is Chase she? resumes
1: outside in the cemetery. You always Ooh. love a good cemetery. Yeah, it's really gross how she
2: just kind of, before they get outside, she just kind of like slowly stabs him in the back. Oh yeah, She just awesome. kind of slips a knife in, and that yeah. to me is what terrifies me about being
1: stabbed, is the ease at right. which she was able to just slowly just be like. Krush. Yeah, I think that's pretty brilliant because at Ugh. this point, if you were going through that, you'd be, all bets are off. You yeah. know? You'd be like, I'm stabbing every fucking person that comes anywhere close to <laughs> us because <laughs> yeah, they oh, are yeah. clearly going to murder me. Plus, she's already,
2: I think, having this weird like flashes of the the devil, or yeah, the, it's all that been thing. introduced.
1: But one, she's still drugged, and two, she now yeah. has devil baby in her. So yeah, she's in a bad place.
2: So those fl- I put, I wrote those face flashes are too much. It was just too much for me to handle. It was just uh, overload. It was just like. <clears throat>
1: what I thought was brilliant about that was that was all happening, and then I thought, well, this is great writing. She just says, "Fucking, I'm out," and kills herself. And the devil says, "No, you're not." That's what was the most terrifying thing. Because mm-hmm. I would think, yeah, you're this far gone. You're like, well, fuck, I'm out. I'm just going to ruin their plan. And it's like, you're not ruining our plan. The devil just take over. And God like,
2: dang it. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that
1: she doesn't wake up at the end or anything. I know we're fast forwarding, but at the hospital, that's what I love because it. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, okay. What's gonna happen? You know, what's her life gonna be like? What's she, you know? And they don't they don't have her eyes open up in the red or mm-hmm. they just I kept waiting. I fast forwarded on the. I got thinking: Is she gonna do anything? Nope. No, I didn't think about that. I they kept waiting her. right at the end when they're fading out. You'd see her eyes open or something. Nope. I would've. why did they hold on her for so long?
2: And that freeze frame photo of her, it's just like laying comatose in this bed with the
1: devil in her belly. Like I think that's what's pretty stinking awesome. There's a film called Kill, Baby, Kill that Andy and I told June about on Shudder. It's at Mario Bava or whatever mm-hmm. his name is, 66 or 67. It's funny because there's a woman. I think she, I don't know if she trips or I think she kills herself, but she throws herself on top of like a gate, you know, that has like the spikes on it. You know, those kind mm-hmm. of old iron gate. Yeah. She goes, ah, and she goes, and there's a close up of like her going. Ah. So it's basically a shot of her back. And the spires or whatever, top of the gate like that. That's the opening of the film. And for, I swear, three good minutes, it's just that shot and then the credits. It's all the actors who shot it. And I'm laughing because it's just bloody spikes. And they're just like, let's just hold that. And that's what it felt like to me, an homage to that. But it's like, well, here's the final shot of her. We know she's laying there with her devil baby. I know. that. I would have liked it better if uh, when they (laughs) pushed in, she already had a bump. You know, this oh, right. already growing, but it was probably they, better that she said, and your child. And I'm like, oh, shit, she's still alive, and that, she's going to have that damn baby. Yeah, she says,
2: uh, you're going to be just fine, both of you. you I start, probably would
1: have oh. ruined it by either her eyes are coming open, or they would have shown, like, uh, I would have slowly dissolved to a shot of, like, the mother or somebody that had survived you know, smoking a cigarette out in the hallway waiting on her. And they're like, she's going to be okay. And she's like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, shit. Someone's going to take care of her.
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird because you go, oh, she survived. Oh, maybe this is a happy ending. Uh, She actually made it out of there. And then they're like, oh, you got the devil's baby in you. And now let's let's all take this in for roughly five minutes while we stare at her poor comatose
1: face. As a fan of Hellboy. That baby might be okay.
2: Uh, You are born of the devil and Hellboy
1: works on the side of good. I'm just saying. Her devil baby might say, I don't want to be terrible. I'm going to be good. And I got powers. Let's fuck some people up. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I'm just saying. Like a devil for good. That she says, yeah, my devil baby rocks. My (laughs) devil baby rocks. got some (laughs) powers. Gets mama what she wants. Be a good anti-hero. Yeah, yeah so Hellboy, Hellboy was brought, you know, brought up by the Nazis to be this, you know, terror that they can control. And Hellboy, Hellboy was like, "I'm a good dude. I'm gonna fight on the good side." I'm just, I'm, I'm a good dude. I'm gonna fight on the good side. Well, that's it. It's yeah, a
2: fantastic those, film. Yeah, those. Uh, I did want to mention those credits again. Just uh, the yellow, the choice of the yellow, and the, like the little dots that run yeah. all the way across yeah. the screen, yeah. and yeah. all of it is just so kind of timeless like before my time, you know, and it still just looks so cool. I don't know. It's awesome. It seemed like a throwback without being a throwback. It just seemed, and I think Joe Bob made that point where he's like, I don't consider it an homage. It just is really the film well done. film that takes
1: place in the 80s, right? It
2: basically made an 80s film in 2000. It's not, sometimes you get into Stranger Things and you get into some of those things and they just go, how many 80s set pieces can we get into this episode let's have them at the arcade and then let's have them use the Rubik's cube and then let's do this and let's do, that. and they, you know, with the exception of some of the environment in this, they don't hit you over the head with the fact that they're like, you love the eighties, right? We do too. Here's Look at that. total eclipse now in of the heart.
1: arcade. Remember these? Um, yeah. So I don't think there's a, really any of that. It just happens no. to take place in 83 and they do a good job. I guess Joe Bob said there was a laugh in the theater when he was there because she gets up and she has acid washed jeans on, which were not a thing in 83. So it's like that kind of stuff. And they said, you know, in his defense, he was three when in 83. So, and I'm like, oh, come on. You got to get people. I'm a big fan. And I'd like to play with this at some point, either in a short film or hell in a feature is something like It Follows. They come up with this kind of fake technology. Remember when she's looking at her little compact little Mm -hmm. thing and it's got like words in it and you're like what the fuck is that device i mean it instantly was like okay this is like alternate timeline shit yeah not 90s this is in the 2000s this technology she has does not exist and i'm a big fan of that that you just have a few things that people go uh what
2: yeah and then you start to
1: kind of question is this
2: what world are we living in? Is this the real world or is this a fictional
1: world? I don't, I don't know. know. Your <laughs> Physicists have proven there's alternate timelines. So I'm just saying. Well, you there can, you go. You can have it doesn't have to. It can be Earth alternate timeline. Comic books do it all the time. You know, you talk to Dustin about Marvel, and they'll <laughs> already like, well, it's a whole different timeline. It's like what? How many goddamn <laughs> timelines to do, do? What are however many sells the books and the movies? There you go. Isn't that what? It's all about Isn't, isn't that the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that's the whole thing. It's all kind of mm. alternate timeline. That's why you're getting all these different spider men
2: Yeah, they're Spider-men, talking about men and women. They're talking about just possibly carrying that idea over into the MCU supposedly. Mm. There are rumors of uh you know seeing why you? Uh, why you? uh uh Garfield as Spider-Man again and seeing um Tobey Maguire and they all oh, kind I think of converge are do that in this in like
1: Spider-Man. I think they're going to Doctor show
2: Strange them. type
1: Multiverse type thing, Uh,
2: which is awesome.
1: You can have. I think that's great. if you want, if you're saying this is a different timeline. I mean, people don't give a shit.
2: I think you can. Well, nowadays the cool thing is is to just erase everything in in the quote unquote timeline and just make it work for the movie you want to make. Looking at you, Halloween, David Gordon Green, and they did it well. But um, it is strange, you know. Sometimes when you go, I could be wrong, but I just erasing canon.
1: I think they, or maybe I guess maybe they no they just did it. I think the last Terminator was supposed to be that. It's kind of Terminator. They erased three, they, everything after T two. Yeah, they just, kind of, T2, yeah, they just ignored like that didn't happen. Which why not? Yeah, a, I mean, best? yeah,
2: no, I I agree. I think it's I think it's inter, it's interesting when you see, you know, kind of like what you said before a, a different artist's you know take. version or take on on um, uh, the story and um. Yeah, it's very cool.
1: Well, I i don't want to get off on this tangent. Trust me, that's not what this is about. But that was one of the things that kind of bothered me about the newer Spider-Man, Spider-Man's, spider I don't know how you say it. <laughs> Spider-Man's. Was, Spider-Man's is that, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man had this, you know, futuristic suit that Iron Man made. And I was like, you know, because I grew up, that was the—that was my superhero I loved. And I was like, no, he made his own suit as a Little artist, I thought this it was so cool. The idea that he made everything and suddenly he gets this suit that can like turn into like a spider and has mechanical arms. And I was like, That's Scott, a spider, like, you didn't have any, 100 and I was growing up.
2: Yeah, it's got like 180 different voice commands for weapons and all yeah, this stuff built and in. Bombs, and, it's, and I was like, eh, it's a cool idea. It, yeah, I but, haven't seen it yet, you know, in, in a Spider-Man movie. But again, yeah, you kind of, that needs to be like movie number four, which
1: I guess technically it kind it of is. was realize, at that point. And I'm just saying, I that's where I get kind of like, now if you did a spider man thing where you have five of them show up, and you're like, oh, hey, this one's from this crazy It's time the pig on. one. Cool. But That's when he's supposed to be one. the quintessential right now, he's Spider-Man. I was kind of like, this is too convenient. But anyway, yeah. Tom, Holland. Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man, so I give him that credit for that. Oh, he's, so, he's so wonderful. To me, he uh, is the, kid, the nerd, everything that we, growing up, I was like, I'm a nerd too. <laughs> Anything else to say about The House of the Devil?
2: Um, I just think that it's, uh, it's a really wonderful film. I think, uh, I think people... You need to check this shit out if you haven't seen I find seen myself House
1: the devil I find myself drawn to it as we're talking to it I don't I have not been drawn to a lot of movies we talk about Trick or Treat Krampus <laughs> you know which I loved at one point but I found myself kind of going uh oh, talk about these fucking movies <laughs> but well, I found myself with House of the Devil as we're talking about it now feeling the same kind of glee I did on Texas Chainsaw Massacre
2: mm-hmm. that
1: kind of gritty Oh, somebody made this great movie. And you yeah. can just feel the craft of filmmaking. And you know, it's not a CGI, and it's just everything's in camera. And, and, and mm-hmm. I know I talk about someday I pray before I die, you know, we'll be talking about Art Brute Films for you know, feature on this thing. And when we do, um, but the thing that draws me to the two films I just mentioned are they inspire me to want to make a feature based on the way they made a feature. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, this is the blueprint. Both these films are the fucking blueprint. There's no special effects. And I mean, anything crazy. I mean, everything's somewhat in camera and you can have practical effects. Not that you couldn't throw an after effect. I'm not saying any of that, but just, I think you get into the Krampuses and the trick-or-treats. They get a little, I don't know. They take me out of it a little bit where this one's so visceral and it's like listening to an old gritty punk album from the late Mm -hmm. 70s early 80s and they said we recorded this in our garage and we were fucked up And you're like this is still the greatest album i have ever heard and that's what i think these kind of movies just capture in is that it's just all killer no filler they don't have no cgi fucking gingerbread (laughs) man
0: well
1: i think uh yeah i think you
2: you absolutely nailed it there i think there's a Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you get too much money. You get too much studio. You get too much of that. It just, it loses this charm and it loses this, uh, this appeal of like scrappy independent filmmaking or, um, I mean, shit. Look at the the beginning of this movie and like every title card was like some random production company. I've never fucking heard of before. I almost wrote it down because it cracked me up. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a bunch of people getting together to make a damn movie. And right. sometimes when it gets too slick, like you mentioned with the body even, just like overlit or, right, um, you know, it, it just it kind of loses that that touch to me well, as feels, well. I agree.
1: The film, I just want to go on record. People look it up. It's just because I, I just learned this is called oh, sorry, body. Sorry, Not I keep body. saying no, The No, well, because I, I was trying to find it and I kept putting The Body and I realized it's just called Body. So if you look for it. But... Yeah, I'm with you. I just felt like that's a perfect example. It just, it's a good film. And I encourage people to watch it because of the story and the actors are amazing. But it just, yeah, there's something about when they're shot like these two films are, meaning Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, The House of the Devil. It's in, there's an instant cool factor. You know, we used to, we had this uh, distress that we used to throw in designs all the time at work and I called it Insta cool. Because it just instantly looked cooler when we throw distress on it. And it got stuck. People was like, oh, put some Insta-cool on there and we'll just go. Well, there's something about shooting a film like this. It's like, well, you already have this amazing aesthetic of just visually how everything cool. I'm already down. Even if it's the first 30 minutes is somebody, you know, uh, prepping to do this and this and this. And the music's there and there. It's like, oh, I'm already in. But if it would have been body, I go, oh, God, I'm already looking at my phone going (laughs) yeah. boring. It's just every, aesthetically, I'm like already kind of turned off by it, but there's something about this film, like I said before, it's like, I want to live in, I want to live in this little town. I just want to yeah. walk the streets and all this, I don't want to be anywhere near that house, but uh, <laughs> I want to go have pizza with Greta Gerwig and Sam and hang out, and yeah, I get I it. I think,
2: uh, yeah, I think so much of the success to this as well as, you know, Elliot Rocket and the cinematography and the, the use of Things from this time period like just zooms and zoom in and zoom out and that that kind of old school aesthetic and freeze frames at right. a moment and and just um you know harnessing those things, pulling those inspirations that that made it feel more of the time. Right. Too. And I think that all really worked really well for it as well.
1: The amazing soundtrack
2: and everything. Well, sound, sound design, soundtrack, point- top to bottom. The the film's just fantastic it's the performances yeah I, I agree and it's one that i think is so easy to go unnoticed and you know like you said a lot of a lot of people probably it, it may not be their cup of tea and i totally get that but if you just set, soak it up as kind of a master class in in blending you know suspense but also kind of splatter in a sense and and you know, great sound design and amazing cinematography and lighting and and doing it all on a smaller budget. It's just it's an accomplishment. And the other thing that I want to say before we're done is
1: that so many of these films we've talked about in Halloween could be found guilty of this. I mean, I shouldn't say that. it's a masterpiece, but I've talked about how you sometimes feel like it's filler we're going then this dingy. Oh, I'm just Oh, And then it just gets kind of like, well, let's go have, let's go to this girl's house for a while and let something happen. Yeah, let's go to this girl's house for a while. Where this one, I felt like it was, again, like a really perfect song. Like every beat needed to be there to kind of build up to the ending. And could it have been shorter? Well, yeah. But to me, that would have ruined all the suspense of the things happening the way they did. But, and could you have jammed more jump scares and stuff? It's like, yeah, but that's a completely different movie. That's not what this movie is trying to do at all. So, you're kind of you know,
2: desensitized the by the end. Of, you know, if you go too hard throughout the beginning, then you're kind right. of desensitized right. to it. Exactly.
1: And, I think it, well, and I think so many films, and that to me, the torture porn world is exactly that. It's like, I just don't care. I don't, I just don't care. It's why I hate metal that has those lead singers. That, I'm just like, all right, yeah. It's like, we're up to 11 the entire song. I'm like, I don't
2: care. It takes takes 11 down to seven at that point. And it's just seven throughout because you don't have the opposite end of the spectrum. That's why I like Slipknot and stuff like that because you have both sides of the coin. You have these, you have obviously, um, you know, great, uh guitar and, and drums and all that sort of stuff but when it comes to Corey taylor's vocals you get both sides of the coin you get the screaming and and the the intensity of that but then you get the other side where he's singing he's actually singing and you get it, it adds more weight to both of them it's kind I of agree. like you I can't have more. the good without the bad i guess kind of i thing. should go on
1: record kind of saying, saying i've never this heard better. a slipknot song in my entire life oh boy but-
2: <laughs> Slipknot's first album is uh, also top five albums for me. Maybe it's one of
1: the most influential albums in my life. Good, good, Yeah, good. It's so good. Talking about the two sides, I mean, they invented it, the quiet loud. Pixies invented the quiet loud. I mean, that's what blew Nirvana up, is the kind of quiet, quiet. Then all of a sudden, the chorus comes in and just, mm-hmm. just melts your face, and then they go back down again. Nobody did that till the Pixies. And that's why people were just like, oh, my God, this is unheard of. And then everybody ripped it off. But take the good, you take the bad. But if it was all loud or all quiet, not that I'm saying that. I love some quiet stuff. I, I love some sad fucking music. But anyway, we're I digress. I'm this is getting <laughs> off to the point. But I think we've hit. This is this has been yeah, a long one man. because it's been fun. This is a great movie, yeah. and god damn it, it's I'm, so good. I, I need to watch Innkeepers and see if it gives me even a little bit of this thrill. Probably won't. Because, you know, when you have such a good experience, it's kind of, I always say it's like that scene in Groundhog Day where he goes on that date with Andy McDowell and it just accidentally is the perfect date. So the mm-hmm. next day he tries to recapture it and he ends up just ruining it and hitting her in the face with a snowball and it hurts her. And it's just like, I feel like anytime you've found magic, you're like, let's do that again. It's like, not going to be the same. There's going to be, ch-
2: he's Ty West just going to be chasing House of the Devil forever. Chasing it's Just like you said, with
1: wrestling. like, God, God that's when I nailed it. God, that's Yeah. Running Rob knows it. That's the best part. I think that as an artist, like yeah, <laughs> I we caught lightning in a bottle. It was also called Universal, which helped him. But yeah, I say this is it. Yeah, man,
2: this has been awesome. Um, thank you all so much for listening. As always,
1: uh, tell, and always we, we can't, people about we can't emphasize enough: share it. Please, anytime. Yeah, tell feel, fr-
2: feel emboldened to uh, tell your friends to listen to or share us, it on about social movies. medias
1: and say, hey, check this out, subscribe, all the things. It helps us so much. We enjoy it, especially during this pandemic. It's the one time Ryan and I get to actually talk and hang out. And Dustin said to us, it was a compliment that he likes it. And he said, I laugh sometimes because you guys will be 45 minutes in and go, okay, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> he said, but he said, "You guys are so much fun to talk to or listen to. That's okay." I said, "Good, because I, you know, we have to just be ourselves. Last thing exactly. you want to do is holding." Up. Well, we should probably work on our structure. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Behind closed doors, what you are, uh, what you don't know is there is little to no editing that goes into these. Uh, um, we have our, our amazing sound engineer, Andy Matlock, take care of some things for us if he sure. needs to, but we're not exactly picking the best parts out. This is pretty raw and uncut, so um, Which is good. we hope good. you're enjoying this. That's because it DC. is all
1: killer, no filler.
2: All killer, no filler. We are Black Ooze Presents.
1: From sunny... Beautiful, wintry, dreary, <laughs> I should not say sunny, Wichita, Kansas, where Arbor Film. I'm Wade Hampton. And I'm Ryan A. Johnson. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.